Hello and welcome to Media Made, the show in which we year by year explore the movies, music, and TV that most invaded our lives. I'm your host, the Fresh Maker, Rod, and I'm joined by. We always keep the light on, Jess. Hello. Wait, so this would have been the perfect time to go. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yes, I'm Jess. What's up? So this is a special episode of Media Made because typically, as I mentioned in the introduction, we talk about movies, music, and TV, but it's our annual. Officially annual <laughs> April Fool's episode. Yeah, we're fooling up here. Now, last year for April Fool's, we we, did, we went 100 years back in time. We talked about movies and music from 1921. It was a grand old racist time. And uh, something told me that Jess did not want to go back and do music and movies of 1922. No. Even though we could have talked about Nosferatu. No. It's the no. first silent picture I ever saw. No. Ferratu. So just vetoed that we're not going back in time and talk about ancient movies anymore. No. no, we decided to do something a little different. So you, as you saw in the uh, title of the episode in the thumbnail, we're going to be talking about a little something special, something that's invaded all of our lives in many different ways: commercial jingles. Hey, bring those back! They're in the dump. Nothing comes back from the dump. Yeah, look, lady, this is our job. Okay? When Riley doesn't care about a memory, it fades. Fade? Happens to the best of them. Yeah, except for this bad boy. <laughs> this one will never fade. <laughs> Triple gum. We'll make <gasps> the song from the gum commercial. You know, sometimes we send that one up to headquarters for no reason. It plays in Riley's head over and over again like a million times. <laughs> Let's watch it again. Triple we'll 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 we all know the song. Okay, yeah, real okay. What do you think? Should we do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Yeah, that was a clip from the Pixar film Inside Out, which is set inside the mind of a little girl. Yeah. And uh, that is a joke about how, for some reason, commercial jingles just live in our brains and they just pop up randomly throughout our lives for no reason for the rest of your life For the rest of your life it is so in there i don't believe in subliminal messaging but i definitely believe in subliminal hardwiring it's almost devilish it's like insidious <laughs> in some way where like these marketers were able to like pinpoint the like ingredients to create something that'll just live in your brain forever forever you associate with a brand you see that brand you just go think of song <laughs> um it's it's quite evil. Um, and so but we're going to give a whole show to it. Yep. Yep. This is going to be our joke episode for the year. Um, you know, you think about it, like our show is called media made it. We talk about the media that made us right. You know, the, the media that most invaded our lives and in some way, commercial jingles are inva very invasive. <laughs> they invaded our lives more than any movie could. Yeah. Maybe even some music, you know, oh, it's a sad, sad, it's reality. a sad, sad world, but we're going to go ahead and spotlight those evil, evil jingles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In this episode. Let's do it. All right. So, um, you know, the formatting this show is difficult. Basically, we both came up with a list of jingles that we remembered. Like, most of them were just, like, off the top of your head, you know? And every so often, we'd think of one as we were preparing for the show. Yeah, the amount of jingles that just, like, would now, now that this is in my mindscape, that I'll just, like, randomly text you. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, this. Yeah, I'm like so now. Now that I'm like hyper aware of jingles, having done all the research and stuff like that, like I'll see brands as I'm driving around, you know, like restaurants or fast food chains, and mm -hmm. I think of their stupid jingles. <laughs> like, do you know what the Louisiana Fried Chicken theme song or th mm -mm. jingle is? Louisiana Fast. 
Oh wow! It's just that's what it is. <laughs> it's so it's or um, AutoZone. We take you to the limit. Is that is that AutoZone? That's the one that I've always is. I thought it was Get in the Zone. AutoZone. I think they had more than one. See, <laughs> we know both of them. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we're not going to talk about those ones, but we are going to go through both of our lists of jingles that we just remembered off the top of our head. Mm-hmm. I kind of order so. I wanted to order these in a certain, like, <laughs> I tried to keep some structure here. Okay. okay. Um, basically, what I wanted to do was kind of, like, work through these jingles as they probably appeared in our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, jingles we heard young and then as we grew older, that kind of thing. Right. right? Uh, but before we do that, we do need to start on a very special jingle. And that is the, we're going to start with Jess's jingles. Okay. These are your jingles. Mine. Segment one. Jing- Jess's jingles. <laughs> uh, we're going to start out with uh, something that was referenced in that opening clip in Inside Out. It is the Double Mint Gum theme song. Yeah. A double pleasure's waiting for you. A double pleasure from Double Mint Gum. A double great feeling making you realize Double is the one for you. Double fresh, double smooth. So the uh, in, in, Inside Out was in, Inside Out was specifically parodying the Double Mint Gum theme song because mm-hmm. they had Triple Mint Gum. Yeah. In the movie, you know, Triple Mint Gum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so some of the there's going to be some overlap between the two of us and some of these jingles, like some of them. Because uh, we'll be... we both grew up watching TV. Yep, yep. So your jingles are my jingles sometimes. But this one is purely yours. <laughs> I had never heard this before. Oh, really? Never. Hmm. And I quite like it. I mean, it was like, that, was, that was very pleasant. <laughs> it's a, one of those calming, chill ones. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was a classy jingle. Yeah. It was, a, it was like it wasn't, it wasn't screaming at you. It's yeah. just kind of like... It was, yeah, it's just, it, I think it's of its time, though, because it's definitely older. Yeah, that was an 80s, that was an 80s version. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have some history that I'll get into oh, a little okay. bit. I did do my research, but tell us, what. how did this jingle invade your life? You know, commercials I'm, or something? Or? <laughs> what would be the other answer? I don't know. If like, it wasn't commercials, Like how? TV commercials, radio commercials, something? I don't know. Um, I think TV commercials, but I don't remember actively watching the commercials. I feel like this is when I was being um, babysat by my grandparents or or something like that. And the TV was on. So this is one of those things that I kind of like connect with um, like my grandparents and being like very young. (laughs) So so this is a young jingle. Yeah. yeah. It is stuck with you. Yes, but it's also like one of those things because most of the people in my family, other than me, can sing very well. And it's just like one of those things that you can just hum, you know. Do you still hum the double mint gum theme song I to this day? I don't. <laughs> I don't. But, but you, it is occasionally it'll pop up and I'll be like, double your pleasure. <laughs> but you just remember it. Yeah. It's not so much it, you know, resonates in your brain. Uh. Not like Riley in, in Inside Out. Oh, yeah. Not not like this is on the lower bit of the list. But, you know, I will occasionally without singing, right? Just be like, if somebody, if the situation is right and someone is like double something, it'll be like double your pleasure. Oh, no. <laughs> Except I don't sing it the way it's supposed to be saying. <laughs> double your pleasure. Double your pleasure. <laughs> uh, so, yep, I did, I did some minor research on all of the companies, uh, you know, basically like history of the company, brief, uh, 
when these jingles were introduced and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. So I'll, I'll shotgun some facts as we discuss these jingles. <laughs> but uh, Double Mint Gum was launched by the Wrigley Company in 1914. Whoa. Yeah. You learn a lot about like random stuff when you look at these companies. It's <laughs> like you learn how just how old every company is. You know, yeah. how it's like their institutions. Uh, beginning in 1939, Double Mint advertisements such as print ads and later television commercials featured actual twins as spokespersons. Ah. Double Mint, get it? Double I... people. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini. Uh, that is a tradition that has persisted to the modern day. Oh, are there are there modern? Du- we don't have com- we don't, I don't have know. TV. Yeah, games. all of our TV is commercial free. We pay to have no commercials. Are there still Double Mint? Gum I, I've never seen a Double Mint gum commercial, so I cannot tell you. <laughs> Um, but I, I like famous I, twins have been oh yeah double absolutely spokespeople yeah a great deal of them anyway beginning in 1960 the television ads showcasing the twins also featured a jingle double your pleasure double your fun with double mint double mint double mint gum oh so nice yep uh, that jingle stemmed from the company's 1959 marketing slogan double your pleasure double your fun <laughs> would you like to hear a double mint Jingle from the 60s? Ooh, yeah. 1960. Here's a tip you'll appreciate. It pays to have a smile that's bright, to help you look and feel just right. Double your pleasure, double your fun, with double good, double good, double mint gum. I think they said double good, double good, yeah. double good, double good. Double good, double good, double mint gum. Hmm. That sounded more jingle-like than the one you sent me. That's fair, but I had never heard that one. Double mint, double mint, double mint gum. That was that was weird. <laughs> that it was is. weird. I can imagine somebody just standing in a, a radio station recording this. It's it, it definitely evokes some kind of imagery in my mind that you know, like not like I love Lucy imagery. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, all like I feel like the modern. So there were jingles on the radio. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I feel like radio easily felt like, you know, uh, flowed into television production and television Absolutely. marketing. Yeah. And like these slogans came from radio. But like the the television jingle is like the heyday was the 50s and 60s. Hmm. You know, obviously a lot of, you know, there, there have been, you know, great jingles since. Yeah. But like I feel like a lot of them like follow the template set here in the 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah. Fair. When was television invented? <laughs> Well, television's like old, like, you know, goes back to the early 20th century, I believe. But like TV was popularized probably in the 50s, like after World War II. Mm, got it. Um, here, here's an important question I think we need to ask for these products is how effective is the jingle? How often do you buy double mint gum? I hate gum. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about like the other gum commercials like i think the only gum commercial i've ever seen other than this are like those fast five ones that are like ah is fast five that's a pizza place wait a minute they're like five gum or something like that but like not even dirty mouth is that orbits that's orbits that's gum isn't it yeah yeah you're right but i think like the last one i saw was like five orbit that's not a jingle it's a tagline but you do say that i do say it a lot dirty mouth Clean it up. I'm just saying, like, if you if you were to go and just go to the supermarket and buy some gum, do you have a preference? <laughs> hey, kids, I'm weird. I don't like peppermint. I don't like mint. So, no, uh, I don't. 
I don't like gum. And I don't like gum specifically. I will take a mint because like there is, it dissolves. There's nothing you have to spit out. <laughs> so this is not effective for several reasons for me. One, I don't like gum. Two, I don't like mint and it has double mints. Three, it's tagline kind of makes me think someone saying, I'm kind of into sisters right now. <laughs> and I don't love that. Like, double your pleasure. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, not effective. How about for you? <laughs> I mean, I've, I, I. We should get some double mint gum. No. We should just buy a small little. Pack I think of that's the gum. secret as we go through this is like the jingles aren't effective in getting you to buy the product. They're just in fact it. Infective yeah. at being infective. They're just in your brain all the time and they live there, but they don't help you go and buy the product. So no. it's just like it's it, it's yeah. It's just evil for no reason. Yeah. It's just to let you know, hey, we exist. So if you ever need a, a fresh maker. <laughs> yeah, that's well that's Mentos. Anyway, let's moving on moving on to uh the next one. I figured this was a jingle you encountered when you were young. It's the jingle for Skip It. Oh, Skip It. Hey now kids, come get around. See what just skipped in the town. So skip it, skip it. Do run, do jump, do hop, hop. Skip it, skip it. Skipping and a screaming and a bop, to bop. But the very best thing of all, there's a counter on this ball. So try to beat your very best score. See if you can jump a whole lot more. Skip it, skip it. Come on, everybody. Skip, skip it. it. Roaring good fun from Tiger Toy. Roaring good fun. I would just like to say that Skip It is just an early Fitbit. It's just counting your steps, except you're skipping. And also, it's kind of like an ankle monitor. <laughs> uh, can you explain to the kids who maybe have not encountered a Skip It? What is that? A Skip It is a ball and chain. It's a toy. It is a toy in the form of a ball. And a chain. Well, the chain is a long stick that you uh, affix to your leg and you twist your ankle around and it will spin around your body and you jump over it every time it comes. So it's basically for the kids who don't have any friends to jump rope with. Nobody to It's like hold a solo jump rope. It's a solo jump rope. Yeah, it's like... It right goes, up my alley. It goes around your ankle and you're like the... You're the center of the circle mm -hmm. and it orbits around... You, yes. And you jump you over. You are the son of the And you, you use your other leg to hop over it every time it, it passes under your leg. Yes. And there's a counter on it to see how many times you can jump. Did you have a skip it as no, a kid? Did you want not. one because of this jingle? Yes. Because it looked like all the kids were having fun and then other kids wanted to join in. And I thought, mom, if you get me that, I could have some friends. But you just. My no, mom didn't want me to have friends. <laughs> I have like vague memories of Skip It, maybe this song, but I, I feel like I was way too young to, to have encountered That's this fair. Skip It. I may have seen Skip It's out in the wild, but <laughs> like I have hazy memories of this commercial, but. I definitely think that uh, at one of the daycares my sisters went to, they had some and I may have like been able to play with it occasionally. And I definitely am not coordinated, so I knocked my shins several times it doesn't even look like a very fun toy to be mm, honest it's really to just kind of for the competitive kids to count and to like tire out children it's really for parents to be like do you need your kid to like not be moving around skip it <laughs> i don't know i feel like it's one of them novelties where it's like 
when I was a kid, I always wanted a pogo stick, right? Because I saw him on TV and stuff. Oh, and yeah, it's like, yeah, oh yeah. man, that's, it looks like so much fun. My friend Steven, whose dad bought him a lot of these like, you know, like random like novelty toys that you would see in TV. Like he got a slingshot, and, mm. like, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, he got a pogo stick. I went to his house and we tried it and it was just always like, it was kind of, it's like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Yeah. It's like, this isn't fun. It's an interesting novelty, but when you actually try it out, it's not very fun. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I imagine Skip it's like. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, that looks really cool. I'm bored now. Yeah, basically. More or less. I think I remember, I definitely played with it. Like, it has sort of rollers on the bottom because it, it, it does, like, swing around you, but the intention is for it to, like, roll on the ground around your foot uh, and if it tips over, then it just throws off the balance. It doesn't count um, the skips, and like you could just fall on it. It wasn't very well made. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's very <laughs> well made. Now, I just had memory recall here. We're not going to talk about it later, but this reminded me, this novelty toy that was not well made and probably broke easily, reminded me of an equally breakable toy from my childhood that also had an, a memorable theme song that it's now playing in my head. What? Sockum boppers. Oh yeah. Sockum bopper. Sockum bopper. did a pillow fight. <laughs> Sockum bop. Everyone, when I was like, when I was like four or five. Everyone wanted Sockum boppers. Mm. They're like inflatable punch uh, punchers. Like, or uh, they are inflatable pun uh, P like gloves, boxing gloves mm. essentially. And they like you. You just you know stick your hands in them, and you can have like fist fights with your friends. Yeah. I think there were like four or five birthday parties where the the friend got sock and boppers, including me, mm -hmm. got sock and boppers for their birthday as presents. They all every time they broke the day up, they just popped. <laughs> were because they, they were like basically little you blow them up. Yeah, right? like the little balloons They're like and like water. What are those called when you go swimming? Water like water wings. wings. Yeah, yeah. And it's about the same material and everything. But like you know, kids are like. Punching each other. Yeah. Enough force, they're just going to pop. So anyway, that's what Skip, skip It reminded me of Sock and Boppers. So. Sock and Boppers. Shout out to Sock and Boppers. Shout down to Sock and Boppers. Uh, do you want to hear some history about Skip It? Because yeah. it, uh, oh, no. it has a very interesting history. Oh, no. Connections to very important things later. Skip It was invented by Israeli-American businessman, film producer, and one-time CEO of Marvel Entertainment, Avi Arad. Whoa. And was manufactured by Tiger Electronics in the late... 1980s. Dang. Yeah, Avi Arad, who ran Marvel for years, like huh. he he helped kickstart the MCU. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a very important person. You know, got to start somewhere. But one day he was the creator of the Skip It. <laughs> so interesting, interesting career that man's had. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. Good job. Good job. So we, during we all know what a Skip It is, and we all know what a Marvel is. Good job. So during the second production period, occurring in the early 1990s. Referred to by then-CEO as the Skip-It Renaissance, uh, the toy was manufactured with a counter on the Skip-It ball to record the number of skips. Sales huh. doubled as a result. Wow. That that counter was the thing that like made Skip-It like, the must-have huh. item. Yeah, because of those competitive children. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and in 2011, Time Magazine included it on their list of 100 greatest toys ever list. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, this is one that I said we needed to include for you. You had forgotten it initially, but I was like, no, you quote this jingle way too often <laughs> for me not to include it. It's the jingle for Huggies. Huggies. I'm a big oh, kid, look what I can 
Vacant pants, too. Introducing Pull-Up's disposable training pants from Huggies. They go on like underwear and protect like a diaper, even overnight. And I can pull them off and on. New Pull-Up's disposable training pants. Mommy, wow! I'm a big kid now. So specifically Huggies Pull-Ups and uh, that, that last, like, they basically just excised the rest of the jingle and just kept the end. Yeah. yeah that's what lived on was the... I'm a big kid now. You say that. I say that very often. Very often. I can't believe I didn't even think about that when you when you asked. I probably say that weekly. Why do you say it weekly? I don't know. It just depends on the situation. Sometimes you're like, "Do you need help?" No, I'm a big kid now. Because you you also protest constantly that I'm an adult. I do. I do do that. I'm like, I don't need your help. I'm an adult. I'm a big kid now. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh! This one is this is this is the real this one. Is, this one definitely invaded your life. <laughs> I would buy Huggies as soon as my <laughs> our our youngest nephew um, is at Huggies age. I'm giving them Huggies. Who makes Huggies? I don't know. <laughs> is it is it my company? Oh oh so full disclosure, uh, Jessica works for. Oh yeah, sorry. This is what I was gonna say when we got to the products. I work for P and G. None of this is sponsored Pro- by Procter P&G. and Gamble. Procter and Gamble. It is a company that even if you're like, oh, I don't know, that sounds. You know who they are. They make everything. Do you have Dawn in your house? They make it. Do you have Tide? Do you have Gain? Do you have Crest? Do you have? They make everything. Yeah. So this uh, <laughs> this podcast is not endorsed by P and G. Uh, the opinions in this podcast are our own. Yes, they are. Uh, I know they make pampers. I'm not sure if they make huggies. I'm a great employee, guys. <laughs> Either way, I was like, I can't. The, the huggies are for a very specific demographic. Yes. Mothers with yes. children. Like mothers. Mothers. <laughs> mothers fathers. with young children. Parents, parents with, with young children, children mm-hmm. that are grow like at the potty training age. Yes. We are not that demographic. So no. I can't think of any reason why I would want to buy Huggies pull-ups. I am going to one day. As soon as our next, ne- as soon as our nephew hits a Huggies age, I'm buying Huggies. So and the I'm jingle go, works. You're a big kid now. The jingle works. You're a big kid now. Absolutely, it works for me. It definitely works for me. Mm. I feel like I say it so often. I should at least give them. That's five dollars. Reasoning. Your faulty reasoning. Yeah, you shouldn't reward this. I will reward it because I enjoy it because it's in my life. They've given me something special. They've given me a <laughs> comeback for every single kind of situation. I don't support this, but <laughs> history. But you'll support Huggies. History of the Huggies pull-ups. A paper goods company, Kimberly Clark, launched a brand of disposable diapers called Kimbies in okay. 1968. Using them for market research in order to develop an even better diaper. Yeah. Kimby's was the test run. Uh, I feel like I still see Kim, like Kimby's sounds familiar. Like I feel like that might still be on the Huggies package. One full decade later, the revolutionary Kleenex Huggies were released to the public and replaced Kimby's. What is a Kleenex? No, no. So Huggies are made by Kleenex. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yep. They were called, that, that, that's the Huggies. Got it. Got it. And in 1989, <laughs> Huggies introduced a line of disposable training pants called pull-ups. Ah, in my birth year. They were meant for me. <laughs> you were a big kid I... when they were a big kid. <laughs> uh, the line was launched with a catchy new jingle. And we, we, know, what that, we know what that now. is. Excellent. Oh, man. Best jingle. Best jingle. Okay. I don't know why you, you let that one out so early. Nothing's topping that. 
Well, maybe at the end we'll say what the best jingle was. That one. That one right there. <laughs> that the one most, most invaded your life. <laughs> All right, next up, this one uh, I share with you, but I also I had forgotten it. And then you were like... This. Yeah, you know, you, you threw this one at me and I was like, how did I forget that? Oh, one? I know, Sean, it is. <laughs> it's Kit Kat. It's Kit Kat. One, two, one, two, three, four. Give me a break. Give me a break. things about that one good job kit kat it's about sharing it says you can have them all for yourself but that wouldn't be that'd be selfish good job kit kat two why did this make me want a twix <laughs> twix twix is uh have you had what was it have you had your twix today or something? <laughs> something like that left twix right twix i don't know um but i want a twix now <laughs> so yeah this this one this one was like so invasive. Yeah, this one, especially when we were kids. Like, I feel like yeah. in the mid '90s, like this, this jingle was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, it made me want to eat a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> you know? My dad would would my dad and mom would sing this jingle. Like, yeah, it's super catchy. It's uh, it's it's definitely yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. This might be one of the only products where it's like, that jingle worked. It made me want to buy the product. As a child. What about now? Does it make you want I to? I like Kit Kats. I'm down with them. Okay. <laughs> Let's, after this, go to the store, get you a Kit no, Kat, no, get me no, a no. Twix. <laughs> we don't got time for that. We do, but also I have a big No, man. I, I, yeah. Kit Kat with some, some milk. It's good. Um, Ew. And, Ooh. and then J <laughs> Japan's got like a, bunch a thousand of Kit Kats. Mm -hmm. Do you want a Kit Kat shaped like a cotton candy? You can get one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you can. I like their strawberry milkshake Kit Kats. You want a wasabi-flavored uh, Kit Kat? You can get no. one. <laughs> Green tea? Yes. Potato chip? Potato chip Kit Kat? Yeah, I think so. So it just means salty? I don't know. Potato If you starchy? go to, like, freaking Dis like Tokyo Disney, they have, like, special in-park Kit Kats. Oh, cool. Sorry, this is a Kit Kat podcast now, but... <laughs> Kit Kat's a good candy. Kit Kat's a candy. That's a that's a that's a great candy. It's so. a candy. Good job. It's a candy for sure. It's a chocolate. Um, but, it's a sweet. <laughs> uh, so history of Kit Kat. Kit Kat was created by Roundtrees of York and launched in September 1935 in the UK as Roundtrees Chocolate Crisp. That's what I thought. I was like, Roundtree sounds like a, a, a British. Yep, yep. It's a very. It, it is a British candy. That is surprising. The idea was to make a, quote, chocolate bar that a man could take to work in his pack-up. Pack-up. <laughs> such a sweet word. So if you're, like, working on the rail, or, like, you know those, like, silent films that you see of, like, men working on the sky skyscrapers? It's lunchtime. Yep. What do you got in your pack-up? Wow. What was that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you see your little little wafer covered in chocolate. A little yeah. crisp. You just unfold it and take a big old bite out of the middle so you could see the... The shape of the teeth marks. Uh, it was renamed Kit Kat Chocolate Crisp in 1937 and just Kit Kat after World War II. Ah. Since making its first television appearance in a UK commercial in 1958, the slogan for Kit Kat in the UK and elsewhere has been, have a break, have a Kit Kat. Huh. <laughs> and since 1986 in the US, the jingle used in television advertisements has been, give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. So it's very much an 80s U.S. creation. 
Yes. There is no need for them to change that. I would be sorely upset if Kit Kat just came out with like, hey, we're rad. Have you a Kit Kat? Like, why? Yeah, don't 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 fix what's not broken. No, don't do it. And if I I, I if I could, I found who wrote the jingles. Oh. And if, for why <laughs> uh, the jingle was written by Ken Schuldman and Michael A. Levine for the DDB advertising agency. So good job, guys. You, good found, job, ben. you made a winner. I hope you got paid for that. I hope there are royalties. The jingle was cited in a study by University of Cincinnati researcher James J. Kolaris as one of the top 10 earworms. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Kolaris is a good, strong name. <laughs> uh, it is definitely a worm in my ear. Ew. This one lives in your brain. Yes. Rent free. Even though you forgot it. <laughs> yeah, I did forget it. Yeah. But as soon as it came back. I, I I was a lot a lot like a certain character from a, a sitcom that you had me capture a clip from. <laughs> so this is from uh, The Office. You mm -hmm. said we needed to play this. Yes. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. I am totally blanking. What is the thing? Nobody tell me. What? No, why? You got it. You're so close. <laughs> Break me off a piece of that. Applesauce. Break me off a piece of that applesauce. I don't think that's <laughs> Piece of that Chrysler car. Nope. Football cream. Okay. <laughs> it's football it. cream. It's football cream. <laughs> football cream. <laughs> I think that's the only good clip of The Office out there. Okay, you haven't watched The Office. Yeah, I know, but it, it's... <laughs> it's oh. Then that's very incorrect, <laughs> so... <laughs> that 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 made me want to go seek out a, an episode of The Office. Ah, uh, you're just never that. before has that happened. So. I'm pretty sure that's a cold open, so I think you'd enjoy Kit, that Kit Kat uh, doing great things. Yeah, I th yeah, I was like, that's a good one. It was you, a good. You've one. got some good ones here. Oh, thank you. Speaking of good ones, this is, I think, my favorite jingle of all time. This is the perfect commercial jingle, and that is for Folgers Coffee. <laughs> a hero held in I'll start Folgers to brew mountain-grown aroma coming through. Folgers aroma roasted coffee made from mountain-grown beans, richly roasted and finely ground for great waking-up aroma. Oh, what that aroma can do, right a day for me and you. I think the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. In your cup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what that aroma could do. Why is that line here? I don't know. Why? But why? There's something so powerful and emotional <laughs> about the Folgers theme song. That's because you you are a coffee. I love thing. coffee. <laughs> I'm not tied to Folgers, but if Folgers on sale, I'll get Folgers. Okay, it's fine. It's not because of the jingle, but man, this jingle's so good. <laughs> the best part of it. <laughs> Hitting that, that grimy sound in your voice. Mm. Oh man, Were, yeah. Did, was this one that stuck with you from young age, or? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't really start drinking coffee until like second year of college. Maybe I did not. I did not have a taste for it. I still don't really have a taste for a lot You're of the of instant stuff. I am. I didn't like tea until even later than um liking coffee. I've kind of just been a water person most of my life, or. Welch's white grape peach juice. So uh, I, um, this is just like one of those things that you, it's an, it's very earwormy. It's just yeah. the best part of waking up that like, it's just that it's it, just that it doesn't need to be anything else. It's like the perfect jingle. It is. And then 
It's also perfect because the sound and the end of it is like the amount of times I just changed the last few words. Like the best part of waking up is not going to work. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just it's perfect. Yeah. And like it's it's like wholesome. I feel like it's it's catchy in a very non-invasive way. Like, yes, we we all know it. We can repeat it verbatim, but like Mm -hmm. it's not annoying. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I think <laughs> they struck gold with the Folgers theme song. This one was one of mine too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd heard the jingle until I was like in college, though. Huh? Yeah, like it just passed me by. But then, like you you start hearing it, and then you just hear it everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where maybe I had heard it, but it didn't like sink in. Mm-hmm. But then when I started drinking coffee, like late high school, college, that's when I started hearing it, and you're like, ah, oh, Folgers, ah. Oh. Um, funny story, we. I volunteered for a youth camp, youth summer camp, mm-hmm. a couple of years. Uh, I did like video production for them. I do remember that. And one of the, like, there was like, you know, kind of like a amphitheater thing where there was like a speaker talking, right? And the mm-hmm. speaker asked all these kids who were like, how, I don't know, like. Youth camp? It's yeah, like, it was like first grade to sixth grade. Well, not typing. first, probably like fourth to like. Sure. Fourth to six. Something like that. And no, fourth to like seventh because eighth and up is teen camp. Anyway, the kids are asked by the speaker, do any of you kids know like he's he's making a point about like just like we're doing. It's like jingles that stick in your brain. Mm -hmm. And he puts up Folgers Coffee, just a picture of it. He's like, do you know what the theme song for Folgers Coffee is? All the kids knew it. (laughs) So even little kids, they know the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. That I mean, is it the best part of waking up? What's the best part of waking up for you? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna say full coffee. I was like, it's like the first one of the first <laughs> things I go and get, yeah. But like, for, best part of waking up is being alive. W- waking up without the alarm clock. Oh yeah, mm, absolutely. That's the one. That's the one there. So Folgers is probably the oldest company we're gonna talk about today. Oh, okay. Yeah. How old is it? The Folgers Coffee Company has its roots in the Pioneer Steam Coffee and Spice Mills. Founded in 1850 in San Francisco, California. Wow. Yeah. Now, Folgers, he, Folger was a real man. Oh. It's named after a man. And he had quite the story. Mm. Rags to riches, oh. Mr. Folgers. Give us the Cinderella man story. James Athern, or J.A., Folger, was hired by Pioneer as a carpenter. But within a year, he had saved enough money to buy a stake in the company. All right. In 1865, Folger became a full partner, and in 1872, he bought out the other partners and renamed the company J.A. Folger & Co. Dang. It's like he worked as a carpenter and bought the company, like, you know. Just like Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Over the next 150 years, largely as a family business, Folger's grew to become the best-selling ground coffee in the United States. From 1963 to 2008, it was owned by Procter & Gamble. (laughs) Ha-ha! Who dropped the apostrophe from its name? From Folgers to Folger. No, it's Folgers, Folgers still, but just no apostrophe. Got it. Uh, and it is now owned by the J.M. Smucker Company. Schmuckers? That's so. a jam. <laughs> they make jam and coffee, I guess. <laughs> All your breakfast needs. Uh, Folgers' slogan of the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. And the jingle have been featured in almost every advertisement since 1984. Okay. With lyrics by Susan Spiegel. Solove and Bill Vernick and music by Leslie Pearl. Again, if it's not broke, just don't fix it. <laughs> yep. 
Over the years, it has been rearranged and performed by many famous musicians, such as Richie Havens, Randy Travis, Bonnie Tyler, Paul Stanley, Aretha Franklin, and Rockapella. I feel like I've heard some of those. I have one. I, I don't remember who this is, but like we both grabbed Folgers <laughs> and we're discussing it here because it was, you know, just like it yeah. was kind of an overlap. So I did it for you. Uh, but I got the male version. Mm. I got this one's like you you had the female version, I got the male version. Stuff <laughs> getting out of bed Dear. to face all the chores ahead. Till that aroma comes through when the folder starts to brew. The best part of waking up. It's Folgers in your cup. Folgers is mountain-grown coffee, and the rich aroma of mountain-grown beans makes Folgers one coffee made with the morning in mind. Now things are feeling right. You <laughs> see the morning in a whole new light. There's hard work to be done. Another day yet to be won. <laughs> the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Makes me want to just go get a cup of joe and go work on the farm. <laughs> I'm ready. Ready. Go ahead. It's seven o'clock. Go and go to a farm. All the farms are closed now. Oh, that was a good one. We're, <laughs> I feel like we're getting the big ones out of early. I, that's why I was like, why are we doing the heavy hitters so early? I feel like, honestly, we're easing each other because like, so we're going to get super ultra specific and regional <laughs> in a little bit. So we might as well get the national ads out of the way. Okay. All right. The next one up uh, is one that I definitely remember. But you, you, you pulled it, uh, and I was like, oh, yes, I remember this one. Uh, it is a jingle for Gatorade. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Had enough? <laughs> Let's go. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Ready, stop. So who are those voices that you heard arguing with each other? That would be MJ, Michael Jordan, and SW. No, it was Mia Hamm. Oh. Yeah, footballer. Got Mia it. Hamm. I couldn't remember. Oh, that was the thing we were talking because I was like, there was a, a slew of them. No. I, you might be right, but part of me thinks that we're both having like this Mandela effect. We both remember a commercial featuring Michael Jordan and Serena Williams. Yeah. But no, it was only ever Michael Jordan and Mia Hamm. Well. And I remember this commercial. I remember this song. Mm -hmm. It was like Michael Jordan and Mia Hamm competing in a bunch of different sports. Right. One was better than the other. And then like they do the iconic like shot of them sweating. Yeah. And the sweat is like colored to be like Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the commercial. I can do it. I know that's an actual song, it right? Is. But I've never heard the song. This is the song. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's like for a, for an entire generation, this song is probably most associated with Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. Is it from a musical? I think so. Is it from uh, West Side Story? I don't know. I, I have like I have it written down as a show tune, but I, I don't know where it's from. Because there's there is a song from West Side Story that has a portion in it. That like when I, we finally went to go see the play together, uh, I can't remember. I was like, "That's that's from that jingle," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I but I don't remember what it was. It was like someone's sister song. 
It is from the Broadway musical Annie Get Your Gun. Oh, Annie Get Your Gun. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> now it's going to bother me. I'm going to figure out what song that is. Um, did, the, did this ad make you want to get some Gatorade? No, but it did make me want to be competitive. Like, I know that sounds weird, right? Like, I've again, I've never been very much of a other than water drinker. Um, and, you know, sweating neon blue, it's not very appealing to me. But I definitely would very often be like, anything you can do, I can do better. That's a horrible arrangement, by the way. That woman's voice is just like, hey, screeching. She got money for it. She did. <laughs> um, I, I think I part of me thinks that I had never encountered Gatorade before, before <laughs> this ad. Like, okay. this was, this ad was my first like, uh, encounter with Gatorade. Mm -hmm. it, if it didn't make me want to go get some Gatorade, it at least piqued my interest. It piqued your interest because people were s s blue. Because blue it, it was just, this commercial was on all the time. They kept playing it. I was like, what is Gatorade? I should have some, you know, is it like Kool-Aid? Is it? You know, what is Gatorade doesn't really have like a sweet, what is Gatorade? It's just like colored it, water. It's, 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 it's flavored, uh, sports drink. I don't know. <laughs> flavored sports drink. I remember like, I don't have the history of Powerade here, but I was like, part of me thinks the Powerade came later. And I always said it was like, I always thought of it as like the knockoff Gatorade, which it probably is. Did Powerade come? No, Gatorade had to have come first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Gatorade was, came first. I mean, I know the some of the history behind it, so I'm not going to say it because that's your shtick. Uh, well, let's get into it, I guess. All right. Gatorade was first developed in 1965 by a team of researchers led by Dr. Robert Cade. Yeah. I think that's where the aid came from. Uh, oh. It was originally made for the University of Florida Gators. Go <laughs> Gators! Oh my to gosh. replenish the carbohydrates that the school student athletes burned and the combination of water and electrolytes they lost in sweat. Like that's their thing, right? Gatorade is like all about the electrolytes. Yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know if I ever believed that though. <laughs> it's, you know, like it's like one of the, he was an actual doctor, right? Maybe in the sixties that was true. But yeah, Gatorade, it's because it's named after the Florida Gators. Yes, I do not like, and it helps the Gators. And I always thought aid was like, it's an aid to like, get you back on the field, Gator. But uh, if his last name was Aid, Cade, that it, makes sense too. It, it might be. Anyway, all of this to be said, I definitely played sports and did have Gatorade and it only ever made my stomach feel a little bit too full and sweet. Yeah, I was like, for me, it would just be, you just drink some water. You know, if I was, if I was doing some heavy like activity, I, I just want some water. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> fine, I guess. <laughs> There's too much salt in Gatorade, you know? Like, I remember, like, at some point in high school, I was told, like, hey, don't drink so much Gatorade because you might get kidney stones. Yikes. I, I would eat a bowl of Top Ramen and swish, you know, just like, you know, it, it, it drink some Gatorade with it. Some Ooh. lemon lime Gatorade. And that was probably, like, the, the amount of salt you're supposed to have in a week. Yeah. No, that's not good for you. No. Let's go take a walk for yep. your past self. Also, the other song I was thinking about from... Um, was I feel pretty. Um, I feel pretty, oh so pretty, feel pretty, blah, blah. and and a commercial did use that as a jingle, and I didn't realize it was from a musical until I saw uh, the thing. Anyway, Andy's got a gun. <laughs> uh, going back to the history of Gatorade, uh, from 1965 to 1969, the beverage gained traction in the sports community. Shortly after the 1969 Orange Bowl, Robert Cade entered into an agreement 
providing Stokely Van Camp Inc. SVC, a canned food production company, the U.S. rights to production and sale of Gatorade as a commercial product. Huh. I mean, make that change, my guy? The Gatorade brand was purchased by the Quaker Oats Company in 1983, which in turn was bought by PepsiCo in 2000. So, <laughs> Gatorade is a Pepsi joint. Ah, okay. In 1991, Gatorade entered a 10-year, $13.5 million endorsement deal with NBA star Michael Jordan, which produced several iconic commercial campaigns, including the Be Like Mike campaign. Hmm. I don't know of that commercial. I don't think I ever watched it, but like early 90s, like apparently it was a big deal. Huh. It like won awards and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. The only Like Mike I know is that Bow Wow joint. This probably got its name from these commercials, to be honest. Yeah. Well, no. But yeah. Anyway, this commercial featuring Jordan and soccer star Mia Hamm debuted in 1997 and features the show tune, Anything You Could Do, I Could Do Better. The ad was remade in 2021 with soccer star Abby Wambach and track legend Usain Bolt. Huh. That seems fun. Is the, is the arrangement better? I didn't. I, <laughs> I might have watched it, but I don't remember. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Well, we have been preparing for this for like a month. I believe you. This did not inspire me to buy Gatorade and still does not inspire me to buy Gatorade. No, yeah. I wouldn't buy Gatorade today. Yeah. I would drink it if it was in front of me. You I know? If it was not. offered to me, I wouldn't I wouldn't reject it. I would. <laughs> <laughs> it just does not sound appetizing. Here, this weekend I'll make you some top If you were ramen. dying in the Sahara, you'd drink that Gatorade. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I would drink it if the only other option was death. <laughs> All right, next one is another one that I don't think you included on your list initially, but I was like, no, you need to put this one in here because you say it all the time. How dare you? It's the jingle for Glade plugins. Nope, I've never even heard of Glade. ...that uses an ultra-quiet fan to actively circulate your favorite fragrance throughout the entire room. There. Isn't that better? New Glade plugins, scented oil fan. Freshness with a spin, plug it in, plug it in. S.C. Johnson. Family company. Johnson & Johnson. You you say plug it in, plug it in quite often. <laughs> I do. Maybe not as much as you say I'm a big kid now. Oh, but no, not nearly as much. But I do actually very often. Plug it in, plug it in. Like if you're closer to the plug and I need to charge my phone. <laughs> or for any reason. When we're talking about hair plugs. Why do we talk about <laughs> hair plugs so often? We plug the show. When we plug the show, I do do it. We cut that. Um... Yep. So, yeah, these plugins are like little uh, air fresheners. Air fresheners you plug into the the wall socket Mm -hmm. and it. They run on electricity, keep your house smelling fine. I feel like I see these all the time, but I've never liked the fragrances in -hmm. these Glade plugins. Yeah. They like, it's always like fake vanilla or. It's too overpowering. You just don't get the ones that, like, I wouldn't get a vanilla one. Uh, I don't like the overpowering smell of vanilla. You just gotta find, you just gotta find your scent. Sea breeze. <laughs> sea breeze, ocean breeze. I think that's a drink. I, have I ever owned a plugin? I've never bought one for myself. I know that. I don't think I have either. I mean, I've got that back there, but that's technically not a plug it in, plug it in. That's not a Glade. You have like, a, yeah, you have like a, a Rome, what, I don't even know what that thing An is. An aroma bucket. It's a candle. It's a fake candle. It's, it's an electric a, it's, candle. It's Yeah, it's just a wax melter, a scented wax melter um, to keep the room smelling nice when we have people over. Candles do the job just fine. Except 
when they sputter out and die. Yeah, but you have to refill the the Glade plugins too. Yeah, you? but I don't have to really refill that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Glade. Yeah, though Glade, I did. I think I had like roommates or friends or parents of friends that had them, and it would be like the refilling them thing would get really annoying. I I definitely remember this commercial, like or these commercials airing in like mm-hmm. the early two thousands, like on not even on like the the like kids channels, but like you know if we were watching like the Game Show Network or. G four, yeah, you know they they would just play the the yeah. plug in commercials. They played a, it played a lot. It was it was one of those commercials that like you would see two or three times in the course of like an hour. Yeah, yeah, it was just like on all the time, and I yeah. think that's why it just stuck in your brain. Yeah, this is I, one of this. I would consider this one of the annoying jingles. <laughs> this one's annoying. I wouldn't consider it annoying only because it's not like the whole song is stuck in your head. It's just those last. That plug last it couplet. in, plug it in. Yep. Yeah. So I'd be like, uh, it's just like one of those phrases that you say occasionally. You gotta plug your computer into your TV so you can have a bigger screen. Plug it in, plug it they in. Like, they monetize like an action. Yeah. Now whenever we plug anything in. <laughs> well, we don't have to pay them anytime we plug something in. It's true. Just their products. <laughs> uh, but Glade air fresheners were created by SC Johnson and Son in 1956. Oh, wow. The Glade plug-in, a scented oil burner that can be plugged into a wall outlet, was introduced in the early 1990s. I could not find an exact date, but that's when they started circulating, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the product's jingle was adapted from the 1971 country song, Rub It In, which is a song about uh, applying suntan lotion. I was so surprised. I forgot <laughs> Wait, to get a clip of this. Is it a full song? Or is There's it just a full song. It's a, it's a song. It's legit. He's like, rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> like. <laughs> shimmying your shoulders while singing this you're the cutest human to ever coexist with so i was super surprised i forgot to get a clip of this but yeah legit it's it's real there's just a yeah like so that's excellent i want to i want to listen to that whole song that's the secret sometimes some of these jingles are popular because they just adapted a real existing song yeah fair you know fair so like i bet you like our entire generation knew nothing about rub it in they knew about plug it in Mm -mm. also is this a song for children to learn how to put on suntan lotion? No, I think it's just like a novelty song about living on the beach. Oh, like Margaritaville. Yes, sort of like Margaritaville. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Thank you. That makes That's it a what lot it felt less like. creepy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the past three decades, Glade plugins have been accused of causing house fires. Ooh, it's the Furby of incense. Yeah, so I, I was like, that That seemed like a, a fun factoid to throw in because sometimes you want to see how effective or popular uh these products are you know Mm -hmm. and uh, apparently it's like they continue to sell but also they may cause house fires would you like me to get some for our apartment no thank you we're insured (laughs) hey kids that's a joke well okay we are insured but we are not trying to burn down our house we have nowhere else to go all right the next one on your list uh is another one i share with you this was on my list too it is clorox bleach oh Mama keeps whites bright like the sunbeam. Mama keeps whites white with a new beam. Mama gets stains clean with the magic. Mama's got the magic of Clorox bleach. Mom knows tough stains like these won't come clean with detergent alone. That's why she uses Clorox bleach. Clorox doubles the stain removing power of her detergent. That's the magic of Clorox. Mama's got the magic. Mama's got the magic of Clorox bleach. 
I feel like there are mu- there are YouTube videos out there that just, they just loop it. <laughs> Mama's got the magic. Mama's, Mama's got, got the, the magic. Ma- it just Mama's keeps going. You keep going magic. forever. <laughs> uh, why? Why was this invasive for you? It's, it, it was just like the Glade plug-in commercial. That's why I kind of looped them together because it was like it, it was just like playing every single block of commercials when i if i watched like g4 it was just so often Hmm. you just keep hearing it and hearing it you know and then (laughs) i remember this was right 2002 three right my friend michael was at the house all the time and we just like you know sit and watch movies and tv shows like saturday afternoon saturday night Mm -hmm. and we had a, a cat at the time and like Michael started like changing the lyrics to this song. He's like, <laughs> Kitty knows the magic of tearing up your face. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid teenagers. Yeah. Oh, so dumb. <laughs> what's, oh, what's your story with this? <laughs> uh, I actually cannot remember ever seeing this on TV or ever hearing it on TV. Really? Yeah. I don't know what I was watching. Maybe. I have no idea. Well, the only place you don't see commercials like this is Disney because they only promote their own stuff. That's true. Um, but like the reason this is in my head is because I watched uh, Ellen DeGeneres' Here and Now stand up so much with my sisters and my cousins. There are like there are lines from there that I quote all the time and you have no idea you have no idea sometimes i'd like if i say i'm saying something in a way if i ever the bangs which i do do every time you complain about your bangs or i complain about my bangs um it's from that show like literally we watched it so freaking much anyway she has a bit in there about meditation and she references this that we're trying to even do yoga is a joke isn't it I mean, we're basically, we're paying for silence. That's what we're doing with that time. We're paying for silence. I was in yoga the other day, and I'm in full lotus position, and my chakras are all aligned, and my mind is all cleared of all chatter, and I'm looking out on my third eye, and everything I'm supposed to be doing. It's amazing what comes up when you sit in that silence. Mama keeps whites bright like the sunlight. Mama's got the magic of Clorox too. She specifically said Clorox too. She did say Clorox too specifically. Yeah, that. But like, I don't know. You you chuckled at it. You chuckled. It's at funny. It. It's funny. Like the whole st- stand up is like moments like that. Like there are a couple times where you like I remember like rolling. Like oh my gosh, this is the funniest thing ever. But most of it is just like <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like and so I would always anytime it gets really quiet, I will either say sing it out <laughs> loud depending on who's around me or in my head. <laughs> After hearing her stand up, like there were I, I would walk down to the car to get like leave somewhere and I'd just like Mama keeps white. <laughs> you know, it's like, so yeah, Ellen Ellen made it even more catchy yeah. than the actual song itself. Even though, yeah, this is a jingle I remember vividly because mm. of those stories. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ellen, no. Ellen made it even worse. She just cemented it. Like I can't not. Every day it's just uh it's very enjoyable. <laughs> so the reason Ellen remembers this one is because it was like it was Launched in the 80s, mm-hmm. it went away, and then it came back when we were kids. Uh, That's why I remember it, because I was yeah. watching. So, yeah, it was one of those things where they they launched it, they took it away, and then they brought it back. 
The Electroalkaline Company was founded May 3rd, 1913, as the first commercial-scale liquid bleach manufacturer in the United States. 1913? Yeah. Dang. The company changed its name to Clorox Chemical Company after its flagship product, Clorox, which was coined as a portmanteau of the two main ingredients, chlorine and sodium hydroxide. Oh, okay. Pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, but I never really thought Clorox is just its own word. <laughs> and Clorox is their their own company. Like they they, oh. they are continue to be their company. Good job. It's like they didn't they didn't bought up to anybody. They're they're just Clorox. Uh, the Clorox slogan "Mama's got the magic of Clorox" would first appeared in a Clorox commercial in 1986, with a modified version of the commercial running from 2002 to 2004. Mm. That's when I watched it. Same. Well, I mean, maybe <laughs> I watched whatever Ellen watched. Uh, the slogan has been criticized by feminists for insinuating that doing laundry is a job for a woman only. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see it. Mama's got the magic. <laughs> feminists, you don't understand. It's mama who has the magic. Papa's got the power of Clorox bleach. You, it's not just for cleaning laundry. It's for cleaning up the blood of your enemies. It's for <laughs> disinfecting. It's for cleaning up the blood of the patriarchy. <laughs> Uh, Are you a Clorox customer? No. Do you buy Clorox? I'm looking at some Clorox behind you. I didn't buy that. I did. (laughs) I I am a faithful Clorox customer. I will say, uh, as I I buy their Clorox, I don't buy the bleach. I buy their uh, Clorox wipes, the clean wipes. Bobby's got the magic of Clorox wipes. I do. Um, (laughs) I prefer the Clorox wipes to the Lysol wipes because the Clorox wipes... I don't know, man. They're just like the the, the Lysol ones. They get all sticky. Uh, they smell bad. Mm. Clorox, it's way to go. Let it's, me see who owns Lysol. <laughs> that's a, that's a recommendation for me. Clorox, they know what they're doing. <laughs> it's made by Wreck-It. Mm. What is a Wreck-It? Uh, so that that um, Ellen bit. Mm-hmm. That's not the only jingle that she references in that bit, right? You you told me there was one other one that she references. Yes, it, it was another one of your jingles. Yeah. What is it? I don't gotta go right now. <laughs> that is the jingle for Detrol LA. Yeah. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I have got to go now. Stop! If an overactive bladder makes you go and go and go, go to your doctor and ask about Detrol LA. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Very jazzy. <laughs> I was like, this is another one of those instances where they are uh, capitalizing on a an action. Mm-hmm. It's like now when I think about, I have to go to the restroom. Gotta I, go, I gotta, now, go, gotta, gotta go, go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. <laughs> I don't have an overactive bladder, but they now live in my brain. <laughs> and I don't gotta go right now. I got to think about this medication when I go have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Keep it, keep it on uh, on the back burner. Maybe we'll need it one day. So Ellen did sing this in her meditation yes. bit, right? She well, okay, she didn't do it in the meditation bit. She was talking about how how invested she is in like commercials. She's like, I feel so worried for her. She's just like, I gotta go, I gotta go right now. <laughs> do you have it? No, I don't okay. have that. No. Yeah, like she's just talking about like, yeah, I just feel so worried about this woman. Like, 
like she's just got to go. You see her? She's like, because it's a different one. Because I think the the commercial we're like, we like listen to is one uh, traf- a traffic a- stopper cop, a traffic cop. Yeah. And the other one is like somebody like a judge or someone in the jury. And they're like, oh, my God. And she's like, oh, I got to go. Oh, I got to go. She's like putting up a hand like, oh, I got to go. Mm. You know, like, I just feel so worried about her. And then at the end, I don't have to go right now. <sighs> yeah, she took care of it. She took care of it. <laughs> Ellen's dumb. Just one daily dose works for 24 hours to help control bladder contractions that cause those sudden urges and reduces accidents and bathroom visits. You need a break? Not right now. Prescription Detrol LA. Individual results may vary. You shouldn't take it if you have certain kinds of stomach, urinary, or glaucoma problems. The most common side effects are dry mouth, constipation, abdominal pain, and headache. And I don't have to go right now. Ask your doctor about Detrol LA for overactive bladder. When you've always got to go. Don't go, go right now. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch? Did you ever see that commercial? That one, yeah. 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 That, that was the same block. Yeah. There, was, it was always the same block with freaking Clorox and plugins. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, put them all together, which makes sense because commercials. <laughs> this is the what like it, it, when you watch like daytime TV, like the game show network, mm-hmm. they're advertising to old people. Yeah, that's just what they're like retirees and stuff, you know, and that's when you start to realize when you're watching those channels like, oh, wow, old people have <laughs> restroom problems. Mm-hmm. They have urinary problems like Fair. they're they're not only freaking advertising detrol they're they're advertising you know like prostate uh yep medications and stuff and adult huggies adult huggies yep all this to say hey kids just word of warning don't don't hold your pee just go to the bathroom you will it'll make it harder when you're older and also you could get a urinary tract infection go to the bathroom you don't want to die of water poisoning that's a real thing i don't i don't hear about that like there was some people who were for a radio contest, they they were like trying to drink a bunch of water and then hold their wee for a wee. That was the that was the the the, the contest. Someone died. Someone died. Did they have extenuating circumstances? I, I don't know, but yeah, they died of water poisoning. I don't like it. Anyway, going back to Detrol LA. <laughs> um, Detrol LA is a brand name for medication, Tolturidine, uh, used to treat frequent urination, urinary incontinence. What urinary incontinence and urinary urgency. Hmm. Tolteridine was approved for medical use in 1998 with pharmaceutical company Pfizer receiving FDA approval to sell Detrol LA in 2000. That Pfizer? That Pfizer. Oh. Yeah, I was like, we, we all know what Pfizer is now for some reason. <laughs> you know, just think about it. Like, that's a name none of us cared about, you know, three years ago. <laughs> and now we know. Anyway, th- thanks, Pfizer. <laughs> No, I, like, I, legitimately, thank you, Pfizer. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take the Pfizer. So thanks, but, Moderna. Uh, the Deltrol LA Gotta Go campaign launched in 2002 via the ad agency Sachi and Sachi. Sachi, Sachi. Uh, that campaign won an Effie Award in 2003, which is the award they give to advertisements. Okay. I mean, people work on it. It's film of a sort and you can still buy detrol la to this day so you know it didn't it didn't it wasn't like recalled for something horrible i guess oh okay well that's good yeah, that's yeah, good yeah. to know so, a lot of people definitely took it consult your doctors i suppose i have not bought it uh i i, I can't speak for detrol la's effectiveness we can uh no <laughs> i don't i don't even know where this is going and i don't want to know <laughs> all right the next one is also another one that we share ah um this was on my list, then on your list. It is uh, for Empire. 800-588-2300-EMPIRE Today. You, gotta for- you can't forget the today. today. 
Uh, there's a reason for that. I'll get into the history here. <laughs> oh, but yeah, wow. It, that today was not always there. Let me put it that way. Huh. Uh, so Empire, it's a carpet company? Yes. Carpet and... I think they Carpet do part- installment company. Carpet installments. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could probably also buy your carpet from them, but they will come in and install it. This ad is ancient. <laughs> yeah. My mom watched this ad when she was a kid. Ooh, we were wow. talking about it. Yeah. That's what she was saying. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You know? Wow. And it's just like iterated and evolved. And like, so when I think of the Empire commercial, I think of like a, it's a CG house and mm-hmm. there are like CG men yeah. rolling carpet in, you yeah. know, the five, eight, eight, and like this old Two man like walks. Walks across the screen is like today. Yes, same. That's the same one I I think of, dude. Yeah. So this is this one of those ones that are local, or is um, this a no? Okay. No, this, this is, is a nation national. All right. National yeah, yeah. Uh, Empire Today was founded by entrepreneur Seymour Cohen in 1959 as Empire Plastic Covers, a private family-owned business in Chicago. Oh. In 1965, Empire Plastic Covers changed its name to. Empire Home Services adding carpet to their product line. Cool. Empire Home Services advertising jingle debuted in 1977 with the original Chicago-centered version only featuring the seven-digit number, 588-2300 Empire. So that was the start. Okay. In 1988, Empire Today added three extra digits to the number, so their number would be 312588-2300 Empire. (laughs) Uh, but when the number showed up on the commercials, they did not sing the 312. Huh. Empire began a nationwide rollout in 1999. Oh, wow. Debuting the new toll-free 800 number, 800-588-2300, Empire. I love you so much. And finally, the company assumed the name Empire Today in 2002. Okay. So the today is our generation. Oh. Um. In order to include the new name in full, the jingle was initially sped up during commercials. Uh, But then from 2003 onward, the jingle reverted to its original with the company mascot Empire Man saying, today, at the end, he's got a name, Empire Man. Empire Man. So that's that. Wow. Okay. We should call them to get our carpeting green dead. I have no... I have no inclination to call Empire. I do. It's like, I, I will know their phone number forever, but I don't <laughs> want to call them because it's like, Hey, can you put, can you could can you could put some carpet in? We'd like some shag. It's like long part purple shag carpeting, please. I feel like in I'm our just rented go- apartment. I would just Google carpet installation Riverside cheap. <laughs> it's Empire today. So yeah, I can't speak for their services. Are they good? I don't know. I don't know. But they are long lasting but the same the same thing for both of us right it's just the commercials are just on all the time yeah that literally is it i don't have any other connection to this i do we still sing it randomly are there billboards there might be billboards because i feel like we too often out of nowhere say this to each other there must be billboards i think when i go to my parents house and my dad's watching cable like they still play this ad oh yeah i bet i mean if they've been playing it since they were young they're like, no, nope, we're not giving this up. Yep. So the next one up is another one we share. And this one was added in late, but we legitimately were eating dinner and we started singing this together. <laughs> and I was like, that needs to go in. <laughs> needs to go in. We don't like this place in our house. It is the, it's the jingle for Chili's. I want my baby back, 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 ba
baby back, I want my baby back, Chili's 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 baby back, I got my baby back ribs. Yeah. Barbecue that, sauce. That barbershop cookout quartet, real nice, real nice. We don't like chilies in this household. We The food. It's a solid jingle. Yeah. The, the jingle. When I good. think of baby back ribs, I can't not think of, I want my baby, baby back ribs. I don't think I ever saw a commercial for this. It was just like people singing it, you know, secondhand to me. Oh, really? That's how I knew it, yeah. I definitely, I feel like I saw the commercial, I feel like this commercial, like, had to have debuted in, like, um, like, a, the big game or something. It could have been, yeah. Because I definitely remember seeing it in, in football. So I'm not a, I don't like baby back ribs. I don't like ribs in general. They are too messy and too much effort to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've never wanted to go get ribs at Chili's. Mm-hmm. But we've gone to Chili's. Yeah. And uh, we were unimpressed. impressed. No. <laughs> Chili's is like a, a favorite of my parents. My dad loves ribs. Mm-hmm. So my mom, whenever it's like, hey, I'm going to go get takeout, you know, she takes out Chili's. You know? <laughs> and it's like they have like passable hamburgers that I will eat. Yeah, I suppose. Passable is probably the best word for them. But the last <laughs> I was the last time we went to Chili's oh, so was bad. a week before COVID <laughs> started. Yeah. yeah. A week before the pandemic started, like the the uh, the state of emergency was called. So it was like, that was our last meal in a restaurant. <laughs> we should have known it was all going to go downhill from there. It's all Chili's fault. Uh, our last meal before the lockup. We deserved this. But all that to be said. So like the jingle is excellent, but it does not move us to want to go Correct. for the product. It's a good, it's it's something that lives in my brain forever. So whenever I th- see barbecue sauce or baby back ribs, barbecue sauce. I think baby back. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. Chili. It's it's in all the harmonies, everything in it. It's top tier. Chili's Grill and Bar was founded in 1975 in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Intended to be an informal, full-service dining restaurant with a menu featuring different types of hamburgers offered at an affordable price. Okay. So it, the, the hamburgers was their thing. They didn't even have bar, baby back ribs yet. Uh. In 1983, Chili's was sold to restaurant executive Norman E. Brinker formerly of the Pillsbury restaurant group that owned Bennigan's and has since been owned and operated by Brinker International. Uh, the restaurant's advertising jingle, Chili's, Welcome to Chili's, that's the name of the song that oh, we just heard, wow. was introduced in 1986. Does Brinkers have any relation to Brink? Andy Brink Brinker? Kid? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the jingle was written by Guy Bomarito and produced by Tom Faulkner, Productions for GSD and M advertising. Uh, ironically, Bomarito has admitted to never having eaten Chili's ribs. Wow. <laughs> Tom Faulkner sings both the I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, as well as the melodic theme. Uh, the deep barbecue sauce line was sung by famed New York bass vocalist Willie McCoy. Oh, good job, Willie. And in 2004, Advertising Age magazine named the song first on their list of 10 songs most likely to get stuck in your head. 10 songs I hate about you. <laughs> this this one gets stuck in your head all right. Uh, it does, but it doesn't it's not offensive. It's not like one of those like oh, I hate that this is listening. it's medallic and if you can hit any of those notes, good good on you. You know what this this jingle reminds me the most of? What? 
is an episode of Scrubs. Oh, no. So um, Dr. Cox and his wife, Jordan, are trying to um, tor- they're trying Twerk? to no, they're trying to strong arm another doctor into doing something for them or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So in order to like torture this doctor to get them to get him to do what they want, they bring in Ted and his acapella group <laughs> to sing this song. Did you guys hear what Jordan and Dr. Cox did to the doctor who botched his vasectomy? Go, Ted. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. Dear God, what did they say? Ribs? Never. They never say ribs. They never say ribs. They never say ribs. So that's that's when that's when the song becomes offensive if they never end it. I'm waiting for that drop. That, Give me the I, drop. I would be surprised if that was the first time I heard that jingle, to be fair. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love Scrubs. Yeah, you do. We'll never talk about it on the show, though, because uh, you never finished it. Maybe a spoiler <laughs> for, for things ahead. No. All right, now is where we start getting super uh, regional, uh, very so specific. Are we moving into yours? No, we're moving in, We're moving tail end of yours. Oh, my gosh, there's so many. Yes, there are. Um, so the a, a, a staple of commercial jingles, right? Like a common um, industry that uses commercial jingles are car dealerships. Yes. And I think this has its roots in like the 50s and 60s too. I can only assume, right? Radio culture. Mm-hmm. You hear a bunch of radio jingles. But uh, so we have a, a bunch of local car dealerships around us here in Southern California. True. Uh, and they all have jingles for some reason. So I've you you sent me two. Um, and, and let's talk about them. Okay. So the first one is for Toyota of Orange. Look what Toyota of Orange is giving you this weekend. A self-service sale. It's a whole new way to buy a car. Every car and truck in stock is discounted, and the new low sale price clearly marked on the windshield. Just find the one you want and buy it for less. 16 salesmen available, but only when you need them. Huge savings Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 9 a.m. to midnight. The self-service sale at Toyota of Orange now. Well, you won't get a lemon from Toyota of Orange. I wouldn't have got a lemon from Toyota of Orange. That is uh, the Toyota dealership in Orange, California. Yeah. That, that is a real place that exists. That is a real Have place. you heard of the Real Housewives of Orange County? The Real Housewives? Housewives. Oh, yes. Uh, I heard yeah, they, they live in Orange County, which is which Orange is in. Orange, Orange County? Orange, California in Orange County. <laughs> Uh, yes, Toyota of Orange. I'd never heard this one. This is all you. Yeah, I would hear it all the time while driving in my car, listening to the radio. Sorry, I just did. You ever live in Orange songs. County? No, I never heard this. <laughs> I lived in. No, I guess technically my hometown is farther from Orange County than here. I don't know what county did you grow up in? San Bernardino County? No, San Bernardino. It's dang now San Gabriel. Is that a county? San Gabriel County. Valley, San Gabriel Valley. But is that the county? I don't know. It's Covina. It's a suburb of Los Angeles County. Okay, so. which makes sense. So uh, I, gosh, how big is freaking LA County? It's huge. Why? All of our counties are huge. Why? Yeah, Riverside County is huge. San Bernardino County is huge. Anyway, we're getting anyway, very specific. Southern California stuff. So uh, yeah, I would just hear it. Like uh, specifically 
on the radio. I wouldn't ever. This is not. That's like where it, you hear all the car dealership commercials. Because they're like, we're trying to sell you a car. You're in a car. Is your car a hoopty? Well, uh, you won't get a hoopty from Toyota of Orange. What the heck is that jingle, though? You won't get a lemon at Toyota because of Orange. You call a car like that's bad a lemon. Do you? Yeah. Who does that? No, that's that's a term. Oh, like I'm, you I'm, got a lemon. Like it's a it's a car that doesn't work. It's a sell. A, you know, that's just what it is. I've they, never heard that before. Wow. It's terminology. And okay. so they're saying like, too, this jingle's too cute. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like a lot of things today. Uh, I like it. It's super cute. I definitely still sing this randomly. I was talking to our mechanic uh, the other day about putting this show together. And mm-hmm. he said, he told me a story of when he was a kid, uh, his uncle bought a car from Toyota of orange. Was it a lemon? And the, I, he the coolant tank burst or something like that. Ooh. So like coolant just leaked into his interior. Oh, and so he was laughing at his uncle and singing this this song to him. Won't <laughs> <laughs> get a lemon. <laughs> at Toyota of Orange. That's so messed up, but wonderful. Oh, would man. you ever go to Toyota of Orange? No, it's too far for getting a car. Also, I hate car dealerships. So That's, it's like you hate a lot of things well, tonight. Toy. Car dealerships like are the worst to deal with. Like mm. they're just like scam artists, you know. I've dealt. With I'd worse. sooner buy on Craigslist than go to a dealership. Will you do that for your next car? <laughs> I will be going to a dealership. Go to Carvana. I don't know. Carona. Carvana. Carvana. Carfax. Yeah. So this just invaded. I would just hear it a lot because, especially like I, I got my first car. No, my father allowed me to use his car i didn't get a car uh when i was 16 after i got my license and then i was basically just the chauffeur for my sisters so that my parents didn't have to drive them all over the place uh and this was just one of the staples in there you just this was before i i was able to purchase all my cds and then i was just listening to nickelback with no commercials (laughs) look at this toyota of orange (laughs) oh so you know what's difficult (laughs) <laughs> history? The history of car dealerships. Oh, I bet. Uh, Toyota of Orange was founded in 1971 in Orange, California. Uh, in 1974, it was purchased by Robert L. Hicks, who cooked up the slogan, you won't get a lemon, at Toyota of Orange in 1980. I get it. So cooked. it's all your fault, Mr. Hicks. <laughs> in 1982, David Wilson became general manager of Toyota of Orange and began investing big in radio and television advertising. Smart. That's when the lemon jingle really took off. <laughs> Uh, between 1983 and 1985, Wilson bought the entire dealership and founded Wilson Automotive. Through Wilson Automotive, Toyota of Orange has since grown from that one Toyota dealership to eight Toyota dealerships, two Lexus dealerships, three Honda dealerships, two Ford dealerships, an Acura and Mazda dealership across Orange County. Wow. You can really dance. He's a busy man. Very busy. So, so yeah, it's like. He's well, you won't an get empire a you won't get a today. lemon at Toyota, Lexus, Honda, Ford, Acura, and Mazda of Orange. <laughs> it's not as catchy. No, but still. Keeping in the theme of car dealerships, though, the next one on our list is shared between us. Oh, okay. It is Keys on Van Nuys. Yes. Keys, 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 keys on Van Nuys. Keys, 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 keys on Van Nuys. Keys, 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 keys on the night. 
keys, keys, keys on the I think that was specifically from a TV commercial mm-hmm. that they filmed. But this is on the radio yeah. every day, everywhere. <laughs> Still? Still. <laughs> I hate it. I hate this song. I hate it. What? This is one of those those jingles that I wish never existed. Uh... It's in my brain forever and I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, man. Being in the car with my dad and you just hear keys, 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 keys on Van Nuys. I didn't even know it was a dealership until we started doing this project. Oh, really? Never. What? I thought it was like a key. They made keys. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a locksmith or something. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. You're adorable. And who's heard of Van Nuys, California? I have. I have family in Van Nuys. Wow. Wow. Wow, buddy. Yeah, man. So same deal for you? Just in the car? Yeah, radio? just in the car. It doesn't bother me as much because uh, I don't listen to the radio, whereas you do. <laughs> you like flip through stations so much. I'm like, this is why I have a phone. I think about my dad when I hear this because it would just be me and him. And like, mm. you know, you just hear keys, 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 keys on the eyes. Uh-huh. Oh, man. I, this one, I had even even harder time Finding doing the history. Yeah. Keys Automotive Group was founded by Jerry Keys. In 1950 in Van Nuys, California. Over the next 60 years, Keys grew to encompass nine different dealerships, including Keys European, Keys Lexus, Keys Audi, Keys Hyundai, and Keys Toyota. Uh, the The Keys on Van Nuys jingle is a parody of Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. That makes sense. I could see that. Ba 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 brand. Now I don't know when this jingle debuted. Um, I had to do some like deep searching on Google, mm-hmm. it existed at the latest 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah, so even before that. Um, so th- this this has been plaguing the, the Southern California sphere for, for decades. 20 years. <laughs> Maybe even more. Uh, yeah. Huh. I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely just one of those staple things where I'm like, I, this is also one of those things that we say a lot though, like, just because we'll be looking for our keys. Keys. That's why, that's why I thought it was for keys. <laughs> it's like I didn't know it was a dealership. That's that's bad marketing. I didn't know what they were selling. I mean, I knew what they were selling. Maybe it was just you. Buddy. I'm just saying, when you've got a passive listening audience, you got to make sure you they know what your product is. I also like though. I was like, I didn't realize it was keys was his last name. I thought it was keys to the cars. No, it's just his name. Yeah, which which I mean, like you don't need that, but like the keys. The keys were a clue. <laughs> <laughs> the keys. The keys were a clue. No, I just thought it was like a big locksmith in Van Nuys. Wow. That locksmith they must be real good that you'd be able to afford airtime. I don't know. That's fair. Keys, keys. Yeah, so screw keys on Van Nuys. I'll never go there. I never want to go there. I hope no one goes there. I hope they go out of business. Wow. One, <laughs> they also have an empire of eight. Two, don't bring that on on us. Hey, excuse me, Mr. Mr. Keys. Hey, Keys. That was him. Not me. I think you guys are doing a fine job. Please don't bankrupt him because he is he is part of me. Thank you. So anyway, like car dealerships, another popular regional like industry that likes to use jingles pretty prominently are radio stations. Oh, yeah. So the last jingle on your list is a radio station jingle. Oh, yeah. And it is the jingle for the radio station KSGN 89.7 in California. Riverside San Bernardino. Very specific. (laughs) Like we're talking Orange County, 
We're talking Van Nuys. Now we're talking Riverside San Bernardino. Yeah. That's our hometowns. Yep. Or my hometown. It's, it's where we live. It's stop giving it away. Closer and closer, these kids are gonna find out where we live. Yeah, no, it's the local Christian station. I started listening to it when I became a Christian 15 years ago. Was that 15 years ago? Nah, coming up on it. Yep, and I, I had never heard this one. I, I don't really like Christian radio. That's because, true. Uh, Christian music is very stagnant. It, 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 it all kind of sounds the same. Um, Excuse me, like two weeks ago, I played you that, progr- that prog rock Christian song. That was interesting. Yeah, but the you're not going to hear that. minute long You're going to hear that on the radio? No. No. Yeah, Christian not. radio is very like one note. by the numbers. It follows yeah. whatever the like big trends are. So if it's like, if it's like the Lumineers, you're just going to get Lumineer-esque stuff. <laughs> I was like, it feels like, you know, uh, Christian music will latch onto a specific genre for like 15 years yeah. and then move on to the next one. So for like the longest time. It's like country. Either country or like post grunge, like arena rock. That's you know? also fair. A lot of like think of like Switchfoot and stuff. You know, yeah. when I was a kid, it's like they all sounded like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's fair. Skillet. Where are we in right now? You know, we're, I, we're in like a, a indie type sound. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I haven't. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I literally don't think I've listened to the radio in the last two and a half years but we we did drive by the ksgn building we the other did day. unknowingly yeah we drove by because we we were driving back home from our tax man yeah we took a, a way home we hadn't taken before and we're like oh there's the wave oh there's ksgn oh they're like all in the same little spot <laughs> yep they're all they're all located now in redlands california yeah so if any of you live outside of california you're like what are these places they're mentioning now they're going to Just know, know all of these places are in a little pocket uh, of cities called the Inland Empire. We are an empire today. Y- yes, that that uh that David Lynch film, it's it's named after our group of cities. What? There's a movie called Inland Empire. That's weird. Yeah. Is it a good movie? I've never seen it. Well, but it's David Lynch, so it's probably really weird. Well, so is the Inland Empire. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, but uh KSGN has its roots in KNFP, which hit the air in 1958. Oh, that's a genuine sock hop. So here's what's interesting. The station was formed by three professors at La Sierra College, now known as La Sierra University in Riverside, California, as a lab for students to have real-life opportunities to apply what they were studying. A lab? So interestingly, we currently volunteer in what was essentially the booth they used For KNFP. Yeah, that's true. We didn't even know that. We didn't know that until like we started talking to a fellow volunteer and he was like, they probably used that recording booth right there. (laughs) We're always around this history. Right. That has invaded my life. Over the next 20 years, the station changed its call sign at least twice and its formats included classic music and news, traditional Christian music and contemporary Christian music. Uh, In 1979, the station adopted the call sign KSGN, standing for Keep Sharing Good News. Huh. Wait, those things mean stuff? Yes. What does KISS stand for? I don't know. But uh, we'll get into- What does K-Rock stand for? Rock. (laughs) We'll get a few more. We'll get a- a, a, We'll do some other radio stations in my segment. But yes, they do- The call signs, they mean things. Huh. The station's business office and studios were located on the campus of La Sierra University until 2005 before it relocated to Redlands, California. Oh. Yep. 
I can't say I've ever heard KSGN. Yes, you can. You've just ignored it. <laughs> sometimes I will just change the radio and you can't change it. That's fair. <laughs> but that's it. But that's, this was many years ago. That's all your jingles. Oh, yay. That only took an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes. Isn't Are it? we even? Do you have as many as I did or more? Which one? More. <laughs> hey, we're having fun. I'm tired. You're going to get weird wife's night wife is coming. She's approaching. She's approaching. She didn't even get a cookie. We are going to take a break, though. Um, so do you have any jingles that or songs that you remember from commercials that we can close out with? Oh. Oh, yeah. Do the um, the one that I was just talking about from uh, <laughs> I Feel Pretty. I Feel Pretty from what, what, what musical is that from? That's from West Side Story. Okay, so we're going to close out with I Feel Pretty from West Side Story, which Jess heard in a commercial once. Yeah, the and commercial was, it was for Nike. Oh, how about that? Yeah. So anyway, we're going to close out with that, and we'll be back after the break with my jingles from my life. <laughs> I feel pretty, oh so pretty, that the city should give me its keys. A committee should be organized to honor me. La, 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 la. I feel dizzy, I feel sunny, I feel fizzy and funny and fine and so pretty. Miss America can just resign. We'll be back after these messages. I had a good job until my boss accused me of stealing. I better call Saul! <laughs> I was out partying, minding my own business. You are under arrest. I'd better call Saul. Hi, I'm Saul Goodman. Did you know that you have rights? The Constitution says you do, and so do I. I believe that until proven guilty, every man, woman, and child in this country is innocent. And that's why I fight for you, Albuquerque. Better call Saul. Coming in with a classic rock hit. Why? It is uh, Rockin' Me Baby by Steve Miller Band. Uh-huh. Because that, I know that song and the lyrics specifically because of a commercial. Okay. Yeah. So um, Rockin' Me Baby was used for a Wrangler jeans commercial in the late 90s. Oh, wow. And I know every word <laughs> to the second verse because of that stupid that commercial. <laughs> So, yeah, just to hear uh, that, that Wrangler commercial, it sounds like this. Star premium quality denim. Wrangler. Real comfortable jeans. 
Now, I, I definitely love Rockin' Me by Steve <laughs> Miller Band, but I do not like Wrangler jeans. Have you ever wrangled your jeans? I, I'm a Lee guy. I wear Lee jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. So, you know, j- sometimes you just come upon a song, popular songs used in commercials, and that's how they invade your life. So I you might from, find your own, your favorite band this way. I went from Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma, <laughs> Philadelphia, Atlanta, LA. In my jeans. In <laughs> Northern California where those girls are warm. That's... In my jeans. <laughs> oh, but that is, that's it. We're introducing <laughs> my clips, my jingles. Here you go, kids. Some uh, of these might be yours too. I don't know. So Maybe, I'm gonna, maybe. I'm going to throw names at you and I'm going to see if you know what the jingles are. The, kids, n- the first one should be easy. Kids, I know we didn't say this at the very beginning. Sort of said it. Not, this is the most non-sponsored thing ever. It's just the co- an episode of commercials that are not sponsoring oh, us yeah, and yeah, that we, we are not necessarily promoting. We, 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 no money's exchanged hands here <laughs> unless when Jess goes and buys a Kit Kat bar. I won't. I will not. I want a Twix. So if I was to ask you what the jingle for Nickelodeon was, what would it be? Nick, 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 Cannon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. That was close. If you're a regular listener of Media Made, you have you you know the history of Nickelodeon. We've talked about it. Go listen to all those TV episodes that we did. That's true. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. Uh, but if you want a brief, <laughs> oh my gosh, we cannot go through the whole history. No, of course of not. No, no. As we talked about in our 1991 <laughs> TV episode, Nickelodeon officially launched April 1st, 1979. Just like this episode. 43 years ago today. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> the, the day this episode releases. I'll drink to that. <laughs> uh, so that song, uh, that jingle is officially called Nick, Nick, Nick. <laughs> It's also officially called the Nick Mnemonic. So it's two two official titles. Why? Uh, it has been the trademark jingle of Nickelodeon since 1984. Oh. Originally written and sung by the American doo-wop group, the Jive Five. Cute. Great name. Great name. Uh, the jingle is heard in a variety of forms on the network to this day. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, well, we obviously don't watch Nickelodeon anymore, but that's it's pervasive. Yep, yep. So it's like... Probably the first time I sat down to watch Nickelodeon, wherever it was. Absolutely. I heard this song. It was played at least once every commercial break. You got your, your orange splat and <laughs> sometimes... It may, so many renditions of Maybe of it would it morph into a dinosaur and walk across the screen or something. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, there's not much to say about Nickelodeon. No. It was, a, it was a channel that I watched a lot of. Yeah, I mean, would recommend. Would recommend Nickelodeon. Go yeah, ahead. I definitely, you know, might go and scroll through the online to see what Nickelodeon has to offer in the way of cartoons lately. And Loud see House, anyone? Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying, go, wa- nice. go watch The Splat or The 90s Are All That or whatever they have. The Splat is something different. It's their their nostalgia channel. <laughs> Did you know? Oh, they must have taken that. There was a show on Nick years ago called Victorious. I'm telling you. Rod, not the kids, because the kids obviously know because they watch more TV than you. And they're basically their like Facebook was called The Splat. Oh, yeah. That's probably where they got the channel name from yep. then. There you go. Oh, but that's that. So uh, before the break, we were discussing uh, radio jingles. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I got a, a handful of radio jingles. A handful that, as in five? Maybe not five. <laughs> but. I've got a few that definitely invaded my life. Uh, I remember the most. Um, they are hyper local. 
Okay. As radio stations are, so we're gonna we're gonna play some and uh, we're gonna talk about them. I'll try <laughs> I'll try to like focus it. So we'll start big and move. You know, so like you know, regional to more local. Okay. Was, anyway, first one is KNX ten seventy News Radio. What? Do you know the jingle for that one? No. So it is an AM station. Okay, I, then definitely not. My dad used to listen to it in the morning mm-hmm. when he would drive me, uh, take me to school or whatever he was doing. It sounds like this. KNX, covering the news in Southern California for 100 years, 1965. Hi, this is Lucille Ball. Do you want an exciting evening out? Take the family to the Coconut Grove to see and hear that remarkable performer, Wayne Newton. I'm Michael Jackson. KNX, some quotes of the evening from the mouth of Jasha Gabor. Of course I believe in large families. Every woman should have at least three husbands. All you need to know. KNX 1070. I'm sorry, did that man say he was Michael Jackson? <laughs> See, that, he might have just been another Michael Jackson. <laughs> He's just another Michael He's Jackson. He's the lesser known Jackson. <laughs> 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 oh, but um, KNX 1070, it's an AM station. Uh, they talk news. Yeah. That's their thing. There's no way I would be listening so, to So, yeah, that. my dad would listen to it because they used to play the, uh, they used to tell you what the traffic is going to look like. Yeah. So, Turn on the radio. My dad will listen to KNX 1070 to hear what the the traffic was like on the drive, wherever That's we were going. so wild. That like is, is sending me back to having the TV on in the morning in the living room. And my parents would always have it on the news to check like the traffic and, yep. and stuff like yep. that. And I, was, and I was like, I would never in my life. But we have GPS. Yeah, like, there's no need for this anymore. There's no need. Um. So like I will never like I, I don't I rarely rarely listen to am radio so i i don't think that i would ever like listen to knx ever again if i ever need to <laughs> yeah sorry knx anyway the, the knx 1070 it's it's uh, you you heard it 100 years apparently yeah and then they said 1965 <laughs> i was like that's not 100 years no okay knx 1070 is one of the oldest radio stations in the united states mm-hmm. It traditionally dates its founding to September 10th, 1920, with broadcasts conducted by Hollywood, California's own Fred Christian over his amateur radio station. Hmm. So it was an amateur radio station started by this man in 1920. And it became... More than 100, in, more than 100 years ago. Now, uh, honestly, that's quite the feat. <laughs> Christian was a former shipboard radio operator and managed an electric company. In he Monopoly? Be- no. <laughs> He began broadcasts in order to provide something to listen to by customers who had constructed receivers from parts purchased at his store. So, so it's like, oh yeah, buy some radio stuff at my store. So you can listen to my you can listen to my radio station. That's great. I mean, that's basically how we hustle this pro- podcast. <laughs> and then May fourth, nineteen twenty-two, almost one hundred years ago exactly, the Electric Lighting Supply Company was issued a broadcasting license for a station with randomly assigned call letters. KNX, located at the company's Los Angeles store and later the California Theater in Los Angeles. Hmm. Does, uh, so the letters were randomly assigned, so they don't mean anything? Mm-mm, not mm. this one. Let's well, give them a name. Koalas never silent. <laughs> Every villain is lemons. <laughs> uh, following decades of ownership and format changes, KNX became all news in spring of 1968. Oh. 
KNX broadcasts traffic reports on freeways of the greater Los Angeles area every 10 minutes on the fives, along with weather reports 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's why my dad listened to it, because every 10 minutes, they would tell you what the traffic's look like wow. on all of like the Los Angeles and greater Los Angeles areas freeways. That is not a job that I would want. That sounds like a terrible disc jockey job. Now, not only did, was the jingle very uh, memorable for me as a kid, okay. but they would play a very specific sound every time they were going to talk traffic. So they would play this noise on the fives when it was time to talk traffic. Does that sound familiar at all? You no, heard that before? But I hate it. No. It sounds like I've entered a video game level that I should not be in. So I get motion sickness pretty bad if I'm not driving a car. Yes. And this I would, is true. When I was a little kid, I get really, really sick. So um I associate that noise with being motion sick. <laughs> so when I hear it, it makes me ill. Just want to let you know that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Some so water, ju- take some water. Just hearing that now is like, ugh. I just remember being sick in the backseat. And my dad would my dad would listen to news radio and I just hear that noise. Yeah, man. KNX. Happy one hundred and two years old, buddy. Hundred and two years old. Happy birthday to you. Uh the next radio station I want to cover is a little a little less uh historical, but it's still important. That is K Earth 101. Never heard of it. Do you know the jingle? K Earth 101. K-Earth 101. You got it. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) So that was that one seems like a very 60s, 50s, 60s style uh, jingle. Yeah. So there is a Quentin Tarantino film uh, called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Never. And the the, the heroes in that in that movie, they're constantly driving around Los Angeles in 1969. Mm -hmm. And you just hear all these retro radio and commercial jingles. (laughs) They all sound like that with, (laughs) with like the vocal choir. The vocal group, you know, K Earth 101. That's definitely appropriate for the yeah, time. Yeah, and they just hasn't changed. They still, it still sounds like that to this day. Oh, that's true. It does, which is why I said it like that. So uh, again, I guess it's not broke. What kind of music do they play on K Earth? Uh, I think it's just like classic rock, maybe. Oh yeah, then why yeah. would they change it from the seventies? Right, exactly. They're not changing their music that tasting. So, so. K45LA launched August 11th, 1941 as the first FM station in Los Angeles. That's my birthday. <laughs> so that is, it's historical in that way. It's the first FM radio station in Los Angeles. It is the oldest continuously operating FM station in California. The station's call sign was changed to KHJFM in 1943. Huh. Uh, in 1972, the station adopted what was then called a gold format featuring older hit songs from the past. At the time, this oldies format featured uh, songs from 1953 to 1963, which was a novel idea at the time since most stations played current music with only a few older songs mixed in. So they kind of revolutionaries, revolutionized the oldies format. Mm, they're basically, it was like, there's a niche. This is for someone. Especially because like 50s and 60s music was like, it's like a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. So I assume mm. they just, I want to hear the 50s music again. Yeah. I want to hear the old doo-wops. Yeah, that's fair. So with the switch in format came a new moniker, K-Earth, named after Earth Day, which had debuted two years before. Oh. So yes, K-R-T-H does mean something. Huh. 
They named themselves after Earth Day. Weird, but all right. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself, why is it called K-Earth? It's because... Do they do anything to, like, help the planet? I don't know. Do they, like, you know, recycle or give to causes? Don't know. Talk about the Earth in the I don't know. They're playing 80s hits right now. Well... You want to hear uh, Take On Me? It's probably on K-Earth. Take On Me. Uh, the K-Earth 101 jingle was also introduced at this time. It directly echoed the sound and notes of the jingle from the KHJ days. Uh. So apparently like KHJ was like, you know, KHJ. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but then like, there's another version of the K-Earth jingle that I still like. I, I think it's more popular to mm. me because it always ends with Los Angeles. <laughs> KR 101 presents Southern California's number one music weekend. K R T H Los Angeles. The Los Angeles part. Los Angeles. That's more popular. It's more in my brain. <laughs> you prefer it? I think I, I think I definitely hear the the first one a lot more when I'm in the car with you and you're listening to the radio. So I don't think I've ever heard the Los Angeles one. K-R-T-H? I, I don't know. Like It was like both are popular to me in my head. Both are ingrained in my brain. They probably like switch it up every day. Uh, the next radio station I think is... Oh, I got two more. So second to last radio station. This one you should know. 94.7 The Wave. Oh, I thought it was going to be Radio Disney. No. So what's, what's the jingle for... Oh, you're asking me. The Wave. 94.7 The Wave, a radio.com station. KTWZ and HD Los Angeles, the soul of Southern California. Hey. 94.7 The Wave. So the station plays um, smooth music. Yeah. Smooth jams. Goes down like a cold cup of milk. <laughs> You listen to The Wave. Yeah, definitely with you. Uh, I feel like it's also a station that my parents listen to. It's not It's not like it's a new station. No, it's so not. So I've definitely like grew up listening to it. So like that's something that's mm, that I definitely heard before. Like, you know, I typically listen to rock stations, but like 94.7 is in the rotation because like when I started like getting more like diversifying my music palette. Mm -hmm. The wave plays like old like R and B hits and soul and you know smooth jazz. Yeah. Now we talked the wave when we talked about Whitney Houston's The Bodyguard album because we talked about a song that featured Kenny G, the mm -hmm. saxophone player, and, and everybody wanted a piece of Kenny G. Yeah, and so the the wave helped revolutionize the smooth jazz uh, format. Mm hmm. Uh, it's so they're very historical in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in doing my research for the wave, I uncovered a crazy history that I never knew about. This this sounds intriguing. <laughs> it, it is wild to me. Now, KLAC FM 94.7 first signed on the air in 1961, essentially simulcasting a programming from a different AM station. Mm -hmm. So that's all it was. It was just a, a, a different AM station was just simulcasting on FM. Um, the station became KMET, the Mighty Mets, a freeform rock station in 1968. Huh. Um, 
this was the rock station of Southern California. Oh, okay. For the next like two decades. Oh. I never like knew that 94.7 used to be the classic rock or just the rock station in the 70s. Like 70s rock had home on the Mets. Hmm. I see bumper stickers for the Mighty Met to this day. <laughs> And I never connected. Oh, that's a radio station that used to exist. <laughs> it's like I see those stickers for either like old bumper stickers or mm -hmm. like on toolboxes. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like when it's extinct. Yes. It it's gone. Um, after years of growing competition and declining ratings, the Met signed off on Valentine's Day 1987, known to SoCal rock fans as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. <laughs> It was the day Rock died in California. Oh, no. They got families to feed. Some wild man recorded the last hour of the Mighty Mets existence, and it's on YouTube. That sounds sad. And I guess for like a week straight, they were playing like a countdown timer, like one day remaining, you know, like 16 hours Ooh. remaining. And like people are like, what are they counting down to? It was the end of the Met. And they didn't tell anyone? They just so counted it down? The this guy recorded the last hour of the Met and this changeover to 94.7 The Wave. Wow. Um, Did and they change were, it like midnight or something? Yeah, it was like in the middle of the day. Oh my god! And they changed, they, they played songs like, um, there's like a bunch of like classic rock songs that like dealt with like death and like... <laughs> You, you know, you can't kill rock and roll and stuff like oh, that. Oh, too edgy for me, And then guys. they just played the last half of uh, the Beatles' The White Album, um. which has the song The End at, at the end. <laughs> so the last song heard on the Met was The End by the Beatles. Wow. Drama queens. <laughs> the station was thus reborn as 94.7 The Wave with the new call letters KTWV, and the jingle was there from the start. Oh, wow. I have for you the changeover. From the Met to the Wave. Let's do it. This is Howard Bloom, Vice President and General Manager of Southern California's newest radio station, KTWV Los Angeles. On behalf of all of us at Metropolitan Broadcasting, welcome to 94.7 The Wave. 94.7 The Wave. That's it. It was there at the start. Wow. That feels that feels like sitting your kids down and saying, "Mommy and Daddy are getting divorced. <laughs> mommy has already has a new apartment. Did you not wonder why there was no clothes for Mommy here anymore? Mommy has moved out." I'm I'm telling you, like, I have I was not like I wasn't even born when the Met went off the air, but somehow like I it was like a cultural thing that I was aware of. I never <laughs> understood how big important it was, you know, and it's so. To me, 94.7 has always been the wave. Mm -hmm. But to know that there's this unknown history of it being like a very prominent rock station <laughs> in the 70s is crazy to me. <laughs> and then just gone away. Yeah. So if you want, go listen to the last hour of The Met because it's, really it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is really cool. And, and uh, as we all talked about in our 1992 music episode, uh, The Wave helped pioneer the new adult contemporary or simply smooth jazz radio format. And it does that to this day. Yeah. Oh, do you know what the who the first artist to be played on the wave was? Was it Smokey Robinson? No, it was Sting huh. from the police. Okay. They, that was the first song played on the wave. A That's Sting song. Interesting. Not like Sade or 
Should have been Sade. Um, Should have been Babyface. Or um, who who did we talk about for your 80s, 88 album? Uh, Anita Baker. Anita Baker. I was like, Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Anita. Anyway, uh, the next radio station, and the last one, this is the last radio station. Uh, very specific because I learned this is a local station in uh, our city. I had no idea. Is it a college station? No. It is Cola 99.9. Oh, yeah. Do you you know, listen to Cola. Do you know the jingle? Cola 99.9. Close. Oh. This is KOLA San Bernardino Riverside. We're Cola 99.9 with Jesse Duran all morning. Classic hits all day. Cola 99.9. Cola 99.9. But that's that's more of a modern version. Like the old the old one used to be like Cola 99.9. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds more of like the lilting is like the 70s. The firmness is definitely after that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so Cola 99.9, I learned, is located in my hometown, Riverside, California. I did not know Born that. and raised Riverside. Uh, and so I had, it was crazy. I was like, what? It's here? <laughs> That's where it is? Is They it? broadcast from the mountain that we could see from our house. Oh, yeah. How, what is the, what is the, like, area for it, though? I think it's just Inland Empire. Oh, okay. They, they, they said, so... 99.9 FM originally signed on in 1959 as KFMW with tra- with the transmitter located on Box Springs Mountain in southeast Riverside, California. It's right there. Right there. It's right there. At the time, KFMW followed a middle-of-the-road beautiful music format. What does that mean? I don't know. I assume like classical music I, I want that on a shirt middle of the road beautiful music format people are like what I'm like exactly in 1968 the station changed its call sign to k-o-l-a cola mm-hmm. adopt and it adopted a soul and top 40 format and then moved its studios to the mission inn in downtown riverside it's in the inn it was okay. not there anymore but used to just broadcast from a historical uh, hotel in our downtown called the Mission Inn. That's okay. Where is it now? This bunny hopping station? Uh, I think it, right it, now it's in it's in Redlands. We drove by that, oh, right, that, right, right. that building as well. It's in the same uh, same building as KCAL 96.7. Right. Uh, so from 1980 to 1987, Cola adopted a, an album-oriented rock format, meaning mm. it was like deep cuts. Not oh. just your like popular hits from yeah. these people, but like Ooh, that's expensive. Going like, going deep in, right? Mm-hmm. And then from the nineties to now, Cola has become an oldie station. In the nineties, they focused on music from the fifties, sixties, and seventies. That three decade window has continued to adjust as the years have progressed. Mm. So I remember Cola when I was a little little kid. My dad used to listen to Cola. Like I remember specifically like going up to my grandma's house mm-hmm. uh, for for Christmas. Cola used to be the station where they play all the Christmas songs. Right. Um, but when you listen to Cola outside of Christmas, it was always like 50s and 60s music. Like, mm. we are family. Is that 50s? S- 60s. 60s. There maybe. you go. Yeah. You did also say 60s. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff like Elvis. Right. Um, Aretha Franklin, maybe. You know, like. Yes, Definitely. So it was always, for me, when I thought cola, when I was a little kid, I thought 50s and 60s. Mm. It has slowly aged with me. <laughs> Cola's primarily now plays uh, 80s music. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's its like primary uh, decade. Right. But it also plays 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard Nirvana 
and Pearl Jam <laughs> on Cola. Just last week, I heard Boulevard of Broken Dreams oh, by Green Day. Classic rock for sure. 2004, that song came out. Classic rock. We for are sure. now in music from when I was in middle school is now considered classic rock. <laughs> You're a classic kind of guy. Oldies. Green Day is oldies. You're old. Embrace it with me, honey. Oh, man. But that's Cola. Yeah, I, I listen to Cola because I like 80s jams. So. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I listen to Cola. But hey, hey Riverside Zone, Cola 99.9. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Give it a listen. If you're ever driving through Riverside for some reason, the Inland Empire. Anyway, moving out of Radio Jingles, uh, let's get into some products. Okay. Uh, so, I, again, I tried to, like, format these as, like, as I grew up, what invaded my life. Uh, the first one um, is Bounty, which is uh, the... the, the, the pay, uh, that is a P&G product. Oh, it's uh, paper towels. Do you know what the jingle is? <laughs> the per- quicker picker-upper Bounty. When spills are at their worst, Bounty's at its best. It's quilted, so it absorbs faster. It even gets what other towels leave behind. And it's stronger, too. The Quilted Quicker Picker-Upper Bounty. So that's the one I remember the most. The Quilted Quicker Picker-Upper Bounty. So that's, ah. P- that's a PNG joint? Yes, that's a PNG joint. It's something that we make at my company. And guess what? It does quick up pickly. What? <laughs> it does pick up quickly? <laughs> that's the one. Those are the right words. Um, did you ever, were you a paper towel household or were you like a, like both? We had napkins and paper towels mm. and we used them just alternately. Like it was whatever was close to hand. Well, usually it was like the paper towels were in the kitchen next to the stove right. and then the, the napkins were on the table. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So if you know, if you need a napkin right then and there, you just grab a, the napkin from the table. But like, if you're in the kitchen preparing food, you just grab a few paper towels. Yeah. I have like no brand loyalty to Bounty. How dare um, you? You do now. We 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 get the cheapest uh, paper towels that we can get. You know the who, best the best deal. Who's we? The best I bang don't. for your buck. When I go shopping, I spend that money on P and G products because that money eventually comes back to. I'm <laughs> That's kidding. not how it works. <laughs> um, I like Bounty because I I honestly feel like it does you do, do feel job. you feel the quality yeah you do okay it hey is, i was yeah we're not being we are not endorsed. being paid to promote this no, i am being not. paid but not by bounty wait wait the opinions are our own opinions I will, are our like, own legit, you do feel do the quiltedness of you can bounty. absolutely but that being said i think it's bound like bounty like moved to like having well most paper towels moved to having like not just like the really long sheet square sheet but like partitions so you can do it in because I always felt like I was wasting it. I was like, yeah. this has not been so fully you get, used. You get the half sheet. Yeah. Half sheets are where they're at. Um, do you say this slogan a lot? Do I think about it. So the, the, the ad I just played was from like the early 2000s. Because mm-hmm. that was in that block when I was like watching a lot of daytime TV. So I would hear this, you know, quilted quicker picker upper. Right. And I always thought, okay, that's where I remember it the most. Right. Mm-hmm. Was from that time when I was like 10 or 11 years old. But then I'm doing some research, you know, and I'm looking at the history of the bounty. And I realized, oh, no, I definitely remember these commercials way back, way back when I was like a little baby. (laughs) 
So history of bounty. Okay. 1957. Procter and Gamble acquired consumer paper company Charmin. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Go so, us. I love, you know, I, I can vouch for Bounty. I hate Charmin. <laughs> I hate them. You don't hate, I hate Charmin. I hate Charmin's commercials. There. I hate their bears. Yes. I will never buy a Charmin product because of those bears. Hey, kids. The, the, the he's mit- definitely bought it because I've bought them and he's used them. But I have not bought them. The, you tell your company the minute they drop the bears, the, that's when I buy their their product. I will not tell my. Company I hate that. those bears. I hate them. You are so ridiculous. No, really, that's an ad campaign that made me actively go out of my way not to buy a product. Was the Charmin? Anyway, we're not talking about Charmin. We're talking about those bears are gonna maul you. <laughs> we're talking about bounty. After years of research and development, P and G replaced Charmin's successful paper towels with bounty. A two-ply towel with a focus on absorbency in 1965. They get that good soup. The <laughs> bounty usurped uh, Charmin <laughs> for the paper towels game. You're like, no, no, no. We can do you one better by adding a second sheet. Uh, the product's original tagline was the quick picker-upper, which was soon changed to the quicker picker-upper. The, the the original, the quicker mm-hmm. picker-upper. That was, it, was, it wasn't even... It was like their tagline. They, they didn't even... It wasn't there even was no part music. of a jingle. Yeah, it was just so, a quick picker up. Yeah, um, they used to do commercials in the 80s starring a uh, a woman named Rosie. I think she was like a diner uh-huh. waitress. Mm-hmm. And like she would hawk the product. Oh, like the progressive lady. Sort of. You okay. know, she would like talk to her, cl- her customers, talk about how good Bounty was. <laughs> anyway, uh, within a year or two of retiring their long running Rosie commercials, uh, Bounty introduced a new jingle that iterated on the quicker picker upper tagline. Sounded like this. A whole paper towel can be too much or too little. Now they're selecticized. The Bounty you customize. Special smaller sheets. Only Bounty lets you pick out one sheet for small jobs, two sheets for regular jobs, three sheets for large jobs. And it's 50% longer than regular Bounty. Selecticize. The Bounty you customize. A quicker, paper, Bounty select the size. Select size. The quicker, is the thicker, quicker picker <laughs> upper. So that jingle I just played, right? Mm-hmm. Watching the commercial made me remember seeing them. Basically, it would end the commercial with the logo, the bounty, or the the bounty logo, and it would like fill in like a like a three D model. <laughs> Okay. It's like a 3D logo of the bounty. <laughs> All right. And I remember that specifically from when I was a little kid. It looked, it looks, because you never saw like 3D images on your, on your, like CGI. That's fair. In That's your commercials fair. back then. So that was novel. So like, you know how when you're a little baby, like you see things that like stimulate your brain? Yeah. <laughs> the bounty logo stimulated my brain. Like, ooh, so much that it's stuck all the way in your 30s. Yeah. So, and then within a few years, the, Thicker, quicker, upper became the quilted, quicker, picker, upper. Bounty. Yeah. So. Is that a tongue twister? Quilty, quicker, picker, upper. Quilted, quicker, picker, upper. Yes. And that is what we were left with. The quilted, quicker, picker, upper. And I can vouch for it. I'm, I'm down with the quilted, quicker, picker, upper. Yes. And they said it in the commercial. They were they were hawking the, you know, one sheet for small jobs, yeah. two sheets Honestly, for big jobs. Such a good, it's such a, it was, it was a good move. It was a good move. It was a good gamble, Proctor. (laughs) (laughs) Good gamble, gamble. (laughs) 
Uh, moving on. Now, here's one that was I think was ultra-specific to me, so I doubt you heard of this one, but I remember this one as a kid, and I remember all the words to this day. Mm. It is for the Chevy Silverado Power Wheels. Does that sound familiar to you? No, not at all. Silverado, new from Power Wheels, also comes in a red that rocks. Each sold separately, adult supervision required. No, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so Power Wheels was one of those little like electronic like I mean an RC, toy car- yeah. yeah. No, no, not, not an RC car. You could sit in it. Oh. It was like one of the like tiny trucks that little kids can sit in and yeah. r- drive around in. Like, I've always wanted one of those. Yeah, so did I, but they were probably massively expensive. Mm. But uh, yeah, we never had one, but they used to play this on Saturday morning, Fox Kids. So, and you'd be like, Silverado. I remember like being at my cousin's house and we would watch like Pokemon on Fox Kids. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. We'd watch Power Rangers, Fox Kids, mm-hmm. and uh, they would just play this commercial constantly. That's so because that's they how- wanted to sell. And I just, I- Chevy Silverado's got a <laughs> lot of class. <laughs> It's like I I don't like American cars, so it's like I I, I doubt that Chevy Silverados have class. Oh my gosh! Uh, and they can drive over the mud and glide over grass. They absolutely can when they are the size of an infant. But nowadays, when I see a Chevy Silverado on the street, I sing Chevy Silverado. I think I may have heard you do that a couple of times, and I've just ignored it because sometimes you're weird. It's all right. Okay. It comes from the Power Wheels. Power Ranger Wheels. Uh, History of Power Wheels. I have a bit of that. Power Wheels has its roots in a line of battery-powered wheeled children's vehicles produced by Italian toy company Peg Pedigo. Peg Pedigo. (laughs) Through the subsidiary Pines of America. Uh, Brand names like Traffic Patrol and Trailblazer date back to the 1970s, for example. San Francisco-based toy company... Cransco acquired Pines of America in 1984 and rebranded the line as Power Wheels in 1986. Power! And in 1994, the Power Wheels line was bought by Mattel, who placed it under their Fisher-Price subsidiary. Mm. That Uh, makes sense. They officially licensed Chevy Silverado for their Power Wheels, uh, and it was only available from 2000 to 2002. Oh, that's a very short amount of time. Uh, but the Power Wheels did release the street scene Silverado Bling Chevy and the city slamming Chevrolet Silverado in 2004. Why? Kids don't care. They just want to go vroom vroom. Yeah, I was like, I feel like that that jingle wasn't selling kids on the Power Wheels. It was selling, it was selling them on the Chevy Silverado. Yeah. It was selling the parents. Hey, I know you don't have an expensive car, but like I could, I couldn't, e- I couldn't even remember what brand these like children's vehicles were. Right, yeah. I had to do some Google searching to, to find out, out what a Chevrolet was. No, to figure out what the Power Wheels was. So uh, I didn't remember Power Wheels. I only remembered Chevy Silverado. Okay, so yeah. I was like typing in like Chevy Silverado toy car, Chevy <laughs> Silverado remote control car. So yeah, Power Wheels. They failed at marketing the Power Wheels. Yeah, that's true. Especially considering you keep saying Power Wheels and I'm still thinking like RC. Nope, nope. You could actually drive this around as a little kid. They did not do very good at brand. (laughs) No. 
All right, the next one, uh, you might know this one. It is, I believe, the oldest jingle on our list. Not oh. the oldest company, but the oldest jingle. Okay, like because they stole it from a song? No, this this just dates back a long time. Okay. It is for Oscar Mayer Wieners. Oh. Do you, do you know the, the song? Or wieners, Oscar Mayer. Wieners, I'm a wiener. <laughs> Ask me about my wiener. No, Oscar Mayer Bologna, more, more specifically. Doesn't it say someone's name in it? John Jacob Jingleheimer Wiener. No. <laughs> my wiener. Okay, enough about wieners. Let's let's play the song. My Oscar Mayer, the first name in Bologna. Three things. <laughs> One, yes, I do remember it as soon as they started. Two, for some reason, this is giving me really, like, specifically Walmart cowboy child sings. What? Wa Cow cowboy child sings in Walmart vibes. It's given me that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, I will show you after. When you're editing this, remind me to show you the video I'm talking about. Three, Bologna. The first name in Bologna. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> so yeah, this this theme song is ancient. Um, I don't, they, they would play this song like in different, like different kids would sing it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But I think my mom just taught me this song. Because they played this when she was a kid. That makes sense. It is definitely one of those things that is just like, oh, it almost feels like word of mouth. Like it was just like. Yeah. Yeah. This is more like a culture. Like it's it's like ingrained in our American culture. Yeah. Than anything. It's like they're not even trying to sell Oscar Mayer bologna to anyone anymore. It's just like this is just part of the zeitgeist now. Yeah. Oh, this is like the happy birthday song. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-R-K-R. Mm. <laughs> my baloney has a second name. It's M-Y-E-R-E. -E. I went to school. I majored in creative writing. <laughs> so 1883, mm. German immigrant Oscar F. Meyer and his brother Gottfried leased a meat market on the near north side of Chicago where they sold bratwurst, liverwurst, and Weibwurst? A lot of things happen in Chicago. Weidwurst? It's got the, the weird German B. I don't even... Oh. Schwab? Mm-mm. Weidwurst. I don't know. Why is it the worst? Uh, the market's popularity grew over the next 20 years, and in 1904, Oscar Mayer & Co. began branding its meats to capitalize on their popularity, beginning an industry-wide trend of everyone naming their meats... For nearly a century, Oscar Mayer remained an independent company owned primarily by descendants of the Mayer brothers who huh. started it until it was bought by General Foods in 1981. Yeah, I would have sold it. And a TV commercial featuring four-year-old Andy Lambrose holding a fishing rod and a sandwich while singing the song, but as Baloney having his first name, aired in 1973. Wow. That is the oldest jingle we've got. 1973. Dang. It has since become one of the longest running TV commercials in the U.S. Do you think that's why the Mickey Mouse Club spelled their stuff out too? I think the Mickey Mouse thing predates the Oscar Mayer things. Maybe they stole this from the Mickey Mouse Club. Hmm. But dang it all, it's 
zeitgeisty. Uh, they have another jingle that's not this one about like, oh, I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, you know, so. I, d- I just realized a song, a, a, a thing that we don't have. What is Maybe it? Maybe you have it. Band-Aid? Nope. My Band-Aid. I'm stuck on Band-Aid. Band-Aid, Band-Aid stuck on me. I guess I kind of remember that. that yeah. I definitely remember it, but it just makes me think of like what you're saying with the, the the new rendition of the Oscar, where the new one that you were just talking about. I wish that I was an Oscar bar wiener. Yes. Same vibes. Or maybe I'm just drunk on sleepy. But um, do, did you did you eat Oscar Mayer wieners or Belongna? I think we ate Oscar Mayer hot dogs for sure. Is there um, a difference between a wiener and a hot dog? Not really. Okay. Uh, bun length hot dog. Uh, Oscar Mayer, they just make hot dogs. Uh, okay. And like, so I, I mean, I, I'll eat a hot dog. It's fine. Um, and I did eat bologna as a little, little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there reached a point when I was like five or six years old and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate it. Bologna's horrible. Oh, it's not the meat of choice for me. No, no. I will never eat bologna again in my life. But Spam's never good. Again. Spam's delicious. Spam, Spam's all right in certain circumstances. Um, yeah, I hate bologna. Have you tried a fried bologna sandwich? No. I, I, I'm i telling you. I will never eat bologna again. Side question. How do you eat your hot dogs? I don't know. Microwave them? <laughs> boil them? I barbecue grew, them? I grew up on boiled hot dogs. I don't. Mm-mm. I don't know. I grilled, grilled hot dogs I can do. I prefer grilled links. But sorry, this isn't the talk of it. I was just like, well, it's important. Like, do you... I, I don't think I've ever had an Oscar Mayer wiener on a grill, though. Do you think it would taste great? I'm sure it'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, just a, it's, just a hot, it's just a barbecue hot dog. Yeah, yeah sure. I just don't like them boiled. I don't know why. I mean, they get cooked. It's fine. I, they have a certain taste. A boiled hot dog. Yeah, they have a very certain taste. And then everything smells like hot dog water. <laughs> hot dog flavored water. Hot dog water. The chocolate, microwave I'm not doing. Chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. What is that? <laughs> it's a Limp Bizkit album. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, this one, the history is going to blow your mind. And it's also a jingle I, sh- I'm, I guarantee you know. I need my mind intact. Okay, uh, the do you know the jingle for Fanta? Wanna Fanta? Don't you wanna? Wanna Fanta? It's a mountain. Wanna Fanta? Oh, that's Shasta. Invasion of the Fantanas. So this this Fanta jingle with the Fantanas was um, kind of Fanta's like relaunch. Like, okay. Oh yeah, we're gonna you know we're big marketing push. We're gonna get Fanta out there again, right? I didn't it, really that I think I think it was it's always been around, but it was never like pushed hard. That's really interesting because I think I definitely have no recollection of Fanta outside of this. So I was like, oh, it's a brand new drink that's never been done before. It was certainly not brand new, <laughs> but that was that was them trying to reintroduce it to the po- the populace. To, yes. To me, it worked because it was like, oh, a brand new soda. I will try this soda. Same. We, we got Fanta, you know, red Fanta. Orange Fanta was the best. Orange Fanta. Ah, no, you're right. Red Fanta was really good. Red Fanta is good. Uh, I, I would get I would get the Fanta because. When I used to get like fast food when I was a little little kid, because now it's like mm. when I go to when I get fast food, 
root beer. That's my go-to, right? Root beer or Dr. Pepper. When I was a little, little kid, it was always orange or red. Yeah. So yeah. when Fanta came around, it was like, yeah, I'll have the orange Fanta or the <laughs> red Fanta. I want the colorful drink. Give it to me. I want it with all the sugar. Yeah. The most sugar you could possibly get. Yeah. I can't remember if I really... I, I definitely tried the other flavors. I think they were just too sweet for me and they didn't have like flavor. Like the strawberry tasted like strawberry. So, well, I mean, it didn't taste like strawberry, but it tasted more strawberry than the saccharin of the grape. Anyway, sorry. I'm like, I'm not going to, you know... I'm not going to reject a Fanta. If someone offered me a Fanta, I would drink it. It seems And I like would enjoy it. You're not going to reject a lot of things. You wouldn't reject a Gatorade. You wouldn't reject, but you'll reject some Charmin. Char- out of there. Don't want oh it. Oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. Oscar Mayer Bologna, out of there. Don't want it. Fanta? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what would I tell you if, what would you say if I told you that Fanta was created in 1940 by Coca-Cola Deutschland, the German subsidiary of Coca-Cola? I would be, I would make this face that I'm making of surprise and intrigue. Germany, 1940. What was going on? And now my brain clicked and it's a, it's another face that I'm making. (laughs) Yes. Fanta is the Nazi cola. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) No one expects Nazi cola. I'm not joking. Fanta is the Nazi cola. Oh, wow. So due to the onset of World War II and an American trade embargo of Nazi Germany, Coca-Cola Deutschland head Max Keith suggested creating a soft drink specifically for the German market using only ingredients available in Germany at the time, including beets, sugar, whey, and apple pomace. Pomace? (laughs) I don't know. Pomace? I'm not looking at what you're looking at. It's basically junk cola. Oh, wow. It was like, we're going to... We can't get the good ingredients from the U.S., so Coca-Cola Deutschland is just going to make junk cola with what we have on hand. Uh, One, Coca-Cola is already junk. (laughs) It just tastes like syrup. It's even more junk. Yeah. So yeah, Fanta started out as the junk Nazi cola. Huh. (laughs) That is a pretty interesting and wild history. Wanda Fanta... (laughs) I think that's why they went hard on the multicultural angle when they reintroduced it. That that makes sense. It is also just bikinied women on on jets, water jet skis. The name Fanta was the result of a brainstorming session, which started with Keith exhorting his team to use their imagination in German. And uh, imagination in German is fantasy. Oh, okay. I, I probably pronounced that horribly. Um, but one of his salesmen just responded with Fanta. <laughs> Cute. Uh, after the war, the Coca-Cola company gained trademarks to the new Fanta product and relaunched the beverage in 1955. After, <laughs> after the war. <laughs> yep. Uh, the drink was heavily marketed in Europe, Asia, Africa, and South America, although it did not become widely available in the United States until the 1960s because the company feared it would undermine the strong market position of their flagship cola. Huh. So they didn't want to replace... They thought it was better than their regular cola? Well, they didn't want Fanta to replace Coke. So they were just like, keep it out of the U.S. Um, Due to poor sales, Coca-Cola stopped selling Fanta nationwide in the mid-80s, though it did remain available in certain regions with large immigrant populations. Huh, okay. So L.A. Fanta was relaunched in the U.S. in 2001 with a marketing campaign focusing on the Fantanas, New York-based ad agency 
Ogilvy is responsible for the campaign. Where we talked about it. it's just like a multicultural group of women dancing, singing about how you want a Fanta. Yeah. There have been five Fantanas rosters over the years, with the current roster having debuted in 2017. Okay, I didn't realize they like just changed it up. They still got Fanta stuff going on. I think so. We don't there, have TV. There's a re- there's a male Fantana now. Ooh, what's his name? Fanto. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fantano. Do any of the Fantanas have? Yes, they all have names. Oh. They all have personalities. And oh, they're like Bratz dolls. There's probably soda. there's probably Wikipedia articles about them. There's definitely fan fiction if there's that much lore surrounding them. Yeah, maybe one day we'll go into the Fantana's lore. Nope. Yeah, so uh, tell your friends next time you see them, did you know that Fanta is the Nazi cola? <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, the next product uh, is Klondike Bar. Oh, no. Do you know, do you know the, the, the jingle for Klondike Bar? What would you do for a Klondike Bar? What would you do for a Klondike bar? What would you do, ma'am? Oh, I'm waiting for my husband. I can stand here. Okay, stand there. Just stand here for a Klondike? Uh-huh. I don't have to act like a monkey. Rich chocolate ice cream. Or hop like a frog ribbit. Smothered in milk chocolate. Well, all right. For that chocolate-coated ice cream loaded, big and thick, no room for stick. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Hi, hon. Oh, can I have one? Oh, yeah, just stand right here. <laughs> So I don't think I ever actually heard this jingle on the TV. This one was saying to me, mom and dad. Oh. Because he loved cute. the Klondike bars. He loved them. He He's ate them. Still- like we would buy like two packs every week. Oh, wow. So that I could eat some of them and not eat all of his Klondike bars. <laughs> He's like, I will share with you. One. You get one, kid. Yep. So Klondike bars, they're ice cream bars. Uh, it's basically vanilla ice cream shaped like a brick. And yeah. it's covered in Chocolate. chocolate. It's very simplistic. It's a bar. They're good. The problem is they get really messy because yeah. the chocolate like melts really quickly. Yeah, you need a Klondike bar and a stick. I feel like that's just a like a ice cream. It's just an ice cream bar. Yep. That's all. That's all. That's all it is. So there's like really nothing special about the Klondike bar other than its like look. Then it's very. I mean, it's got perfectly tempered chocolate. It's not though. It melts immediately. <laughs> well. Yeah, no, chocolate, tempered chocolate does melt but when the, you touch like, it. I feel like chocolate, Klondike chocolate just melts in your hand. Mm. But yeah, like my dad would always tell me like, oh, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And he would tell would me you about clean these, your room? All these commercials that he watched where people were dared to do crazy things for a Klondike bar. That's cute. That's such a sweet memory that you have. We should bring him some Klondike bars. Wait, no, never mind. He can't eat them anymore. No, <laughs> he had to give them up. Uh, but the Klondike Bar was created by the Isali Dairy Company in Mansfield, Ohio in 1922. Oh, wow. Over the next 60 years, the bar very slowly made its way into other states. Uh, Klondike Bars were introduced on a nationwide level in 1982 alongside an advertising campaign that asked the question, what would you do for a Klondike Bar? How did they get there? That's such an interesting, like... Just some ad company somewhere had the idea and it stuck. It's the way it goes. Watch Mad Men. It's just like, you know, boring businessmen sitting in a room. <laughs> thinking trying about, to figure you know, out how they can get you to spend their money, smoking, your money. Smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey, trying to decide how to sell an ice cream bar. Is there anything special you would do for a Klondike bar? No, walk to the store and buy one. <laughs> like literally, like they're not that special. <laughs> That's true. They're good. I'd, I'd rather have a Choco Taco than a, than a Klondike Ew. bar. Ew. I don't like waffle cones. 
And that's all that is. Is the blue bunny makes the, the good the good uh, ice cream bars? Maybe. I don't know. Blue bunny's good. I think I think that's what they are. Get me some next time. Anyway, rights to the name Klondike Bar were eventually sold to the Good Humor Brayers in 1993, where it belongs to this day. Good Humor. They make they make ice cream bars. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I like Good Humor ice cream. Like, I, there's a lot of them, though. They have, like, a lot on their roster of stuff. I think my favorite is the um, strawberry shortcake one. Hog- I don't know why. It's the, just yummy. The Haagen-Dazs one's are pretty good, too. It's that Good Humor? Is I, I don't know. Just, I th- no, I think Hagen Doss is its yeah, own thing. Yeah, that's its own thing. I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, good ice cream bars. Yeah, Hagen Doss is pretty good. They've got the, the boozy line. Kids, you can't have it. You're too young. But they got the boozy line. It's real good. All right, next one. Around the same time, uh, <laughs> I was eating a lot of Klondike bars. I was also eating a lot of Hot Pockets. Hot Pocket. <laughs> when you want a hot meal without a big deal, what are you going to pick? Hot Pocket. Pockets filled with delicious pepperoni pizza, chicken and cheddar, or ham and cheese in a crispy pocket. When it's late at night and you want a tasty bite, what are you gonna pick? Hot pockets. The hot meal in a pocket. What are you gonna pick? Hot pockets. Try lean pockets too. No, I will not. <laughs> my my mom tried the lean pockets too. So yeah, it was like my mom had lean pockets, and then the kids would eat the hot pockets. <laughs> the specifically the ham and cheese ones, cheddar cheese and ham. Those were your favorite ones? Yes. I, I the, don't like the pizza hot pockets. I think I liked the pizza ones. But I also just... Do you eat hot pockets now as no. an adult? No, no, no. I, I Just like bologna, I'm done. I, 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 will, <laughs> I will probably never eat a hot pocket again. They're like just Totino's, but big. Sort of. But the pizza rolls are... I don't know. There's, some, there's something different about pizza mm, rolls. Sounds like a personal preference to me. Uh, the problem with the it hot is. pockets are so big. You put them in the microwave. I feel like they never got all the... They, they were either oh, yeah, scolding absolutely. hot or they always had like cold in the middle. Yeah. Should they be like put in a micro? Not a microwave. What are those called? Uh, an oven? Toaster oven? Toaster oven. It could probably work. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to wait for it to be done, and I'm not going to do it. Like, I have other foods that I would prefer to eat. Yeah, man. So, like, with this with this jingle, it was just like, you know, you hear it on the you hear it on the TV, and then we bought them. So, it was always, it was like, you know, pull a Hot Pocket out of the, fr- the freezer. Go, hot Pocket. Hot Pocket. It is still one of those things that I sing. It's just, you it's do. like a quick little, <laughs> I think that's a simple, good jingle. Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Even Hot though pocket. there's way more to the jingle, like there's a whole song. Yeah, I know that th- there was that whole song in the '80s jingle we just played. But like nowadays, I think when you hear a Hot Pocket commercial, you just hear the Hot Pocket. Yeah, and that's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you came for. A Hot Pocket. Uh, Nineteen eighty, Colorado-based food company Chef America introduced their stuffed sandwich, the Tasty Witch, which in 1983 evolved into the Hot Pocket. I'm sorry, isn't a stuffed sandwich just a calzone? Sort of. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the Hot Pocket kind of is a calzone. Its previous evolution was the Tasty Witch. Tasty. Hot Pockets were first sold to restaurants because they were easier to break into rather than retail stores. Wow. So you could go to a, a freaking... A restaurant and just order a Hot Pocket off of the... The menu. That's interesting. But a hot commercial campaign and a catchy jingle helped the Hot Pocket take off big later that year. Woohoo! So yeah, this was pretty much there from the beginning. Hot right. Pocket. Hot Pocket. Chef America sold to Nestle in 2002, where Hot Pockets remains to this day. Are they still doing well? 
are Hot Pockets? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't look up. We didn't look up the stock values for this episode. I mean, they sell. People they buy do them. sell. People do buy them. I, you would I, know. It's sort of like the freaking frozen dinner industry. It's like, who buys that crap? They people. do. Yeah. Old people love TV dinners, and I don't understand it. Young people. That's another like product them. I will never buy again. I will never buy and eat a TV dinner. Well, any dinner you eat while watching TV is a TV dinner. No, I'm talking. You know what I mean? Like the tray, you put them in the microwave, and like it's always like any leftovers, gross and wet. Any leftovers you eat while watching TV is a TV dinner. You you want me to go buy you some stufers? Stufers, stofers, stofers, (laughs) (laughs) stufers. Some some Marie Callender's. Yes, actually, kid cuisine. I really like uh, Marie Callender's pot pies. This is garbage. Just You're like garbage. <laughs> You're hot garbage. All right, the next one. Um, this one, okay, we're we're aging up a little bit. This is back. This is back in that era where I'm watching like you know G4, mm-hmm. uh, the Game Show Network, stuff like that. Uh, daytime TV. Do you know the jingle for Greenlight Financial? No. Homeowners, our fixed rates will beat anyone's fully amortized adjustable rate. So why take chances? Stop your mortgage from adjusting higher and higher. Call Greenlight Financial Services and lock in a low fixed rate that can't be beat. Call now. There's no obligation, no hassle. Just a low fixed rate from California's undisputed fixed rate leader. Call now. 866-66-FASTER. You've got the green light. Oh, I do know that. You've got the green light. I don't know what it's for. I've never actually heard it. Same the- thing. Yeah. I knew this jingle forever. Eight six six sixty six faster. I never knew what they were selling mm-hmm. because that whole commercial is pretty dry. Yeah. I don't even know what he's talking about. It's a financial service. That's it. They're they're like, that's it. <laughs> they it- serve you financially. Yeah. No. I like. I realized like I was like not checked out, but not really hearing it. Until it said the green light part. And I was like, oh, that I know. I guess yeah. that's something that I do often in this when I hear this in the radio or something. This is one of those instances where you can have a catchy jingle. That's going to be very successful. Like the jingle is in my brain forever. Mm-hmm. 866-66-FASTER. You've got the green light. But I didn't know what they were selling. I didn't know what the product was. So it failed in that regard. It failed to get us to buy into the product. That's true. Or to even know what it is. Yeah, because even as like as a kid hearing this, of course it would go over your head. You would have no idea what it was. But like as an adult, you should be able to pick up some kind of clues. I but. didn't even know what the name of the, the company was. I thought it was the company was faster. Is it Greenlight? It's Greenlight Financial. Ah. Deep shit. It's head. just it's 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 a shame. I was like So there's just like Tax guys? I feel like it's it, the, yeah, the sort of. The loans. Ah, loan sharks. The, I think the point of it is, is like, hey, companies don't invest in jingles. They don't work. <laughs> Not the way you want them to. Right. Uh, so Greenlight Loans was founded in Irvine, California in 2001 as a direct-to-consumer mortgage lender. Uh, is that good? They loan, they, they, they're the ones who give you, they, they approve you for a loan for your mortgage. Mm, okay that's what they do you know right. so it's like you need, you need to buy a house they're the one who can issue you a loan uh green light loans was acquired by texas-based mortgage company nation star mortgage in 2013 uh but not a lot there it's like yo they're they 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 started in 2001 they launched the jingle they you know ran for about a decade and then they got bought up and, <laughs> and now it's green light is gone 
Goodbye, green light. I was really confused, like trying to understand the history of this company too, because mm. I was like, I like looked up the the green light financial and I found some like old links and they would redirect to a different company and I was like, what? <laughs> what happened to you, green light? <laughs> this is what happened. They snubbed out in the nighttime. They were acquired by Nation Star in 2013. Mm-hmm. In August 2017, Nation Star began doing business as Mr. Cooper. A name change meant to quote personalize the mortgage experience. So now if you try to go to like old green light financial websites, mm-hmm. they redirect to Mr. Cooper. Weird. <laughs> That's so weird. We're hanging with Mr. Cooper. I don't like it. That's so weird. And between 2018 and 2020, Mr. Cooper paid out millions of dollars in settlements in New York and California due to various violations of state banking laws. Uh, You've got the green light. (laughs) To go to jail, Mr. Cooper. So, interesting. That's pretty interesting. I was like, again, we didn't know what they were selling. They were selling But we knew their phone numbers. But we knew their phone number. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one's a classic. Meow Mix. Oh, Meowth Mix. Do you know it? Meowth, 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 Bacon! That's something else. Meow, 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 Meow Mix comes in two varieties, original and seafood middles. A medley of mackerel, tuna, and crunchy centers bursting with seafood flavor. Meow Mix. Tastes so good, cats ask for it by name. Meow. At the end, it started sounding like the voice of Elmo. Uh, that, that is, it's, it's a lady singing. I, I think she's named here in my notes. Voice of Pikachu, then. So Meow Mix, you just, you're, I, I feel like they just aired this. They only made one commercial and they just aired it forever. That's very true. It's like, I, I just remember it. We, we had a cats at the time. So. Did I, they respond when it came on? Then were they like, you're speaking my language? No. <laughs> but I, I, I don't like, I don't know if we went out of our way to buy Meow Mix. Personally, I don't think cats are that picky about what kind of food they eat. They are. Oh, are they? Okay, yes. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I hear people like, oh, my kitty doesn't like the, the, <laughs> well, I don't even know. This is why you just give them one thing. Because when you switch it out with a new brand, because like, oh, they ran out of so-and-so or like this is cheaper. They won't eat it if they don't like it. They will starve themselves. Cats are weird. Cats are just like people. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 1974, pet food company Ralston Purina introduced Meow Mix. Uh, The iconic Meow Mix commercial was the brainchild of Ron Travisano of the ad agency Della Femina Travisano and Partners. (laughs) Who cut together footage of a cat to make it look like it was singing. It's like super early, like just. Oh, it's just the early flash editing. It's just like, it's you know, flash. F- fancy home video, like, you know. And that was like it. Editing, like uh, gorilla editing, <laughs> you know. I was like, it, it. sometimes it's just simple stuff like that. It's like, hey, I'm going to take a cat and I'm going to cut it together to make it look like it's talking. Like maybe like it just reverse its mouth moving. <laughs> Like, and that's how I will get my product sold. I mean, it's, it's perfect. classic. I like, we had cats growing up, a couple, and I always wanted to give them meow, meow mix. And I would go along very often, meow, going meow, meow, meow. Why? Why is this something that gets stuck, though? Like, why is this a thing that you the, fall it, into? I don't even know. It, it's like there's something about the, the, 
the melody that's just like yeah and the time signature yeah. that just meow meow they're meow, like meow. psychologists who study this stuff i'm sure i'm sure uh, the jingle was composed by tom mcfall of the jingle house lucas mcfall with singer linda november performing the meows oh gosh linda november Linda that's a, November. That's a good stage name. Do you remember Linda. the lady who sang November? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Meow Mix retired the jingle in 1996, but brought it back in 2002. And that's when I saw it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I probably saw it around 2002, too, as well. Uh, here's some bad news. Oh, no. The song was reportedly used by the CIA during the War on Terror to torture captives. No. That and Barney. Bernie's used to torture a lot of people, but also inhumane acts. Stop. Stop. Uh, But but here's some fun news. Okay. In 2019, Meow Mix remixed the jingle into four different musical styles to appeal to modern consumers. Give it to me now. Okay. We got Luna, the R&B version. What? cats ask for by name i both hate it intensely and need to hear it again (laughs) and put it on my playlist it it sounds like it's like that that you captured the modern r&b sound perfectly with meows uh then you got heart and pause a country ballad version oh no give it to me Still the only one cats ask for by name. That was so close to a South Park joke, like a South Park parody. They sounded like they were saying meow meow. (laughs) Thor's hammer for a bit of it. (laughs) Meow meow. And it was, what? Why? Why were they so? These are actual grown human beings <laughs> meowing they, at each other in a love they, song. They paid some old man to to, to meow, sing meow. Meow, meow. Oh wow! Then you got Gatosito, a Latin version. Oh no! I think I'm gonna hate this. Bad Bunny is quaking. <laughs> Got the fur in there. Meow Mix. Still the only one cats asked for by name. That was a good one. Okay. Okay. Por qué? And the last one is Endless Hiss. A high octane metal version. <laughs> Easily my least favorite. Sounded like System of a Down. Meow, 
Oh, man. What? So good job, Meow Mix. Staying relevant to this I'm, day. I'm not sure which one, but one of those is becoming my alarm tone. Ter- <laughs> ter- tone, tone, tone. My alarm tone. We're waking up to one of them. Which one? The uh, ballad. No. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to hear any of those when I wake up. That's the worst part of waking up. It's the Meow Mix alarm clock. <laughs> Don't run off. The show will be right back. You seem very much alone, John Spartan, but things aren't all that different. Perhaps you'd like to hear an oldie station. Oldies? Oh, what a relief. Oh, this is the most popular station in town. Wall-to-wall mini-tunes. You call them commercials. Here's that classic you've all been waiting for. The number one request of the day. Armor Hot Dogs. Kids eat armor hot dogs. Oh, wow. This is my fave. Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor Hot Dogs. The dogs. Kids love to You can be all the things you always wanted to be. Beautiful, sexy, easiest one, two, three. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul What is this? Is this hair gel? Is this, is this for, is this soul glow? <laughs> is this for, is this for... A Jerry Curl? This is for uh, from uh, Coming to America, Soul Glow. Oh no! I, I say hey, everybody! We're back from a an unexpected break. Uh, Rodney fell asleep. Uh, somebody uh, needed <laughs> needed to go to bed. Nope. I'm sure if you look at the tapes, Rodney got very tired and he slept. Anyway, yeah. So hey, this is the uh, rare third segment for Media Man. <laughs> this is not going to become a thing. No. It's not a thing. It's an April Fool's show. We're doing whatever we want. Yeah, exactly. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew that we had so much to say about commercial jingles and uh, products? For real. Why did we have so much to say? I, who knows? It, 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 we're, we're every, no one could say we're not thorough. <laughs> no one could say you're not thorough. I am thorough. Anyway, yeah, so we're back. Uh, we're going to go ahead and finish my list of jingles. I just have so many jingles that I remember. Laugh at my Thoreau joke. Don't throw out my joke with the bathwater. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, you do have a lot of jingles, which is surprising because I feel like I watched more TV than you did. I watched a lot of TV, I've... like cart kids shows. And uh, like, I, I mean, from like, you know, when I was like, I watched TV a lot, a lot. Okay? I watched <laughs> a lot of TV. I feel like I like when we go through shows, like I have way more runners up than you and I have more like a lot of stuff. So I feel like it's surprising. We haven't reached the 2000s yet. You know what? I think it's probably that's true. But I also think it's probably because uh, I would use commercial breaks to read. <laughs> like I don't I, I don't have money to buy any of this. So let's get back to that book. Twitches ninth book. Actually, the ninth book, I think, tore me up. I think that was the first time I've ever really cried at a book. But uh, you know, I have I do have a better memory uh, on some of these oh, things too. Oh, you do. Too, so your memory is much better than mine. 
So I'm one of those unique cases where the jingle stays in my brain, but I am also not the ideal consumer. So I, uh, I'm sure these people uh, want me to buy their products, but I refuse. <laughs> anyway, this is true. Yeah, we're gonna move on to an old favorite. This is one everyone's heard because it's it stuck. This is a jingle that's stuck, on and it, it did launch in our lifetime. That is the Mc, McDonald's jingle. Oh, you, okay. What is that one? Uh, nah, nah, I'm loving it. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> ba, da, ba, 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 I'm loving it. Getting up early has its rewards. Like the great taste of a McDonald's breakfast platter. Choose the delicious platter that fits your appetite at McDonald's in the morning. Ba, da, ba, 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 I'm loving it. Ba, da, ba, 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 indigestion. <laughs> I was like, they're they're advertising McDonald's breakfast in there. I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of McDonald's breakfast or McDonald's in general. Okay, breakfast is probably the only thing I'll eat. I want I want that sausage egg McGriddle. I want that pancake bread with mmm yum. Can I make it at home? Probably. Will I? No. But how often do you go to McDonald's? Probably like once a quarter. Yeah, that that, that seems about right. Yeah, like oh. there's no other options, or I'm really craving one of those way too sweet breakfast sandwiches i feel like i used to go to mcdonald's a lot as a kid like a lot like that was my favorite fast food place mm -hmm. uh, and as the years went on i liked mcdonald's less and less <laughs> and now it's just poison it's just poison poison people are just eating poison poison <laughs> poison ah yeah well mm, i mean the fda says it's food does the fbda it's talk like, about those it's, things it's, i don't think it's FDA chemically food, food. <laughs> Just like Taco Bell is chemically, they chemically have meat. Their, their ground beef is technically meat. Technically your meat. Technically your food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, so the I'm Loving It uh, theme song, uh, that is not McDonald's first jingle. I bet. Uh, it's, it, it did stick. It, like, it, it launched you know, in the 2000s and mm -hmm. it, it stuck That's around. Okay. They still play the, you know, they don't say I'm Loving It anymore, but they go do, 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 do. During McDonald's uh, commercials, do they? Days. They yeah. don't say I'm loving it anymore. It's like one they of those might. They might sometimes, but now it's. Just, I think it's just the melody that they uh, play. But, well, you know that's an interesting like um, marketing technique because people will finish it. They'll say it because I mean you were da 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 da, and I wanted to say I'm loving it. And it's more like I feel like in in the mid 2010s, like that became the Vogue thing to do for advertisements was just to have like a minimalist melody that calls to mind the classic jingle, mm. right? We'll get. We'll probably get into a few more of those, um, but like other McDonald's jingles include, "Have you had your break today?" I'm pretty sure that's. We already talked about Kit Kat. I'm pretty sure that's a Kit, Kit Kat one. <laughs> no, it's not. Are no, you in the '80s? There was a McDonald's jingle that was. It was a whole song about having your break today. Nope, definitely still sounds like Kit Kat. <laughs> or if you want your uh, McDLT, where you what? keep the hot side hot and the cold side cold. What's a McDLT? It's a BLT sandwich that McDonald's used to sell, and they would have the cold segments of the blt so your lettuce and tomato in the cold side of the t uh, of the container and then so you the put bacon them together the, yeah the bacon and bun were on the hot side here put put together your sandwich you're paying for this experience it's like you work here you have the same benefits none <laughs> but uh where did that jingle come from or <laughs> history of mcdonald's first i guess mm -hmm. uh mcdonald's been a long time this is not everything this is very uh boilerplate um and if you want the full history of McDonald's founding, you can go watch the movie The Founder with uh, Michael Keaton. I thought that was one about Disney. No, that's maybe you're thinking of uh, Finding Mr. Banks. Mm, yes. 
And that was about uh, Mary Poppins. Oh. Anyway, Richard and Maurice McDonald opened the first McDonald's restaurant in San Bernardino, California, May 15th, 1940. For real? It's like we we the Inland Empire has given birth to so many famous I, chains. I literally only thought Farmer's Boys were was from no, here. No, no, no. The, the, I don't think you can go to the first McDonald's anymore. Like the building is gone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like just up there. That's crazy. We're responsible for this mess. It's us. Okay, I don't claim to be from here. I just live here. You're responsible for this mess. I'm sure it was good. In 1940, like it was like a you know what was family, good in 1940 family or <laughs> family owned business, you know uh, their gimmick was they would make hamburgers quickly. That was the thing. It's like they had a whole assembly line thing going on so that they could get hamburgers out quickly. Did they do that? Yes. Oh, that that's why they were popular. People oh. went to McDonald's because you can go get a hamburger real fast and it's good. Was it good? I, I think so. I mean, we can't. I mean, if we had a time machine, I wouldn't go back. But I might send you back to taste the old McDonald's. Uh, 1960, who had a farm. 1961, businessman Ray Kroc purchased the McDonald Brothers' equity in the company and began the company's worldwide reach. He's oh. responsible. It's you, sir. What was his name again? Ray Kroc. Ray. In 2003, McDonald's debuted the I'm Loving It jingle, which was based on a pre existing German campaign originally developed as Ich Liebe Es. Ich Liebe Es. <laughs> Back to the Germans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Germans gave us Fanta and I'm loving it. Oh, no. They're all about love. I mean, current Germany, maybe. I don't know. I'm not in politics. Just to show the, the journey the German people has, have gone on. <laughs> Germany, the country. Yeah, and some of the people. <laughs> anyway, uh, the jingle was produced by the Neptunes and is credited as being written by Tom Batoy, Franco Tortora, Andreas Forberger, and Pharrell Williams. How how that, long the, is it? This how why the song is three words. Is there a longer version of the song? Apparently, it was developed as a full song first. Oh, uh, I was like, that's a lot of creators for it. Da 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 da. I'm loving it. But young Pharrell coming coming in to to yeah. write the McDon- the McDonald's he? theme. I oh, two thousand three. He's pretty young. <laughs> I'm thinking of I'm picturing John Legend, but that's not Pharrell. For some no. reason, I'm picturing John Legend in my head. No, they both have very smooth faces. They are both very smooth-faced men, like like baby face. They they have baby face, yeah. Na 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 na. Pharrell Williams. The baby face. I'm, I'm just, they all got baby face. All all of them. He's got that natural Botox, <laughs> <laughs> that natural elasticity in his flesh. Um, but uh. This this jingle is actually attributed to a different pop star. A frequently. German one. No, oh. no, an American one. Do you know what pop star I'm talking about? John Legend. No. Is John Legend pop? Sorry. Who? American singer-songwriter Justin Timberlake was Uh-oh. paid $6 million to sing the jingle, but he reportedly has since regretted the deal. Why? He I loves don't... working with Pharrell. <laughs> he probably... I, I mean, don't know. They, they paid him a lot of money just to sing his own version of the McDonald's jingle. Oh. And you, they, they sold, they sold a single. You could buy the McDonald's single. That's weird. Yeah. So here's a, here's a bit of JT singing it. Much more feisty. It's weird. There's a, there's, there's a, there's some sauce in there. Some Szechuan sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care for it. I could see why he'd be like, "Mm, I don't like it. But I also could see maybe why McDonald's did it. Because Folgers has a bunch of different singers taking on. The the Folgers. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they're just, they're just following in the footsteps. So I was like, okay, I can see I can see it. 
don't like it. Listen, uh, the the I'm Lumbin theme song, it's all right. Yeah, I, I can say like it's very successful. Yeah, um, I, I I can I can live with it. You know, I can dig it. I can da 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 love it. <laughs> We're bringing Big Macs back. No, absolutely. <laughs> you stop that. You stop that right now. I want sexy Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely it not. And also, work. you should have been like the Mac Rib, something that isn't back. We're bringing Mac Ribs back. <laughs> 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 McDonald's do not use this. No, JT doesn't. JT like will it. never allow you to use this. No. Oh, but well, from one pop star to another, uh, the next jingle we're going to talk about is the Kraft Crumbles. What's that? It is a uh, Kraft cheese that you can crumble. I think it's like crumb. It, it's cheddar cheese that crumbles. Do you what? know the theme song for the Kraft Crumble? No, but also, why do you need crumbly che- cheese that crumbles? Just shred it, or have it pre-crumbled. <laughs> Natural cheese crumbles. The crumbelievable. New craft crumbles. Intense nuggets of real craft cheese crumbled right off the block to give your favorite foods the big cheese taste you love. That big cheese taste that blows you away. The crumbelievable. New craft crumbles. Good. They're crumbelievable. And try new craft crumbles and three cheese and mozzarella. I hate it. I hate it. Big cheese taste that blows you away. Like they didn't just change the 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 chorus. The unbelievable. They changed the lyrics of the song. Big cheese taste blow. It's horrible. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So this is the Kraft Crumbles. This is from that era where I was watching a lot of television, uh, and this this ad came on, and I hated it from the start. I was gonna ask if you've ever had a Kraft Crumble. I've never had a Kraft Crumble, nor would I want one. I hate it. Craft will never die. We'll explain <laughs> why in a second. But um, I I hate the crumble. I hope it I hope it failed miserably. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Harsh words. That's someone's livelihood. It's so cringy. It's it's not only the you know taking the that that song which I will explain in a second and make it your crumbelievable. They even got like let's get ready to crumble at the start. Again, Michael Buffer from WCW. Oh my gosh. Was it, was this original singer? Did they get their original it's, singer? It might have been. <laughs> it sounded like it. You know, either they got a very good sound alike, or they they brought EMF out of obscurity to re-record this. Yo, you gotta know, make that you change. Gotta make, you gotta make that money. <laughs> you were a one-hit wonder. You know, you can't you, you can't live off the 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 royalties from one song forever. You can't. I've tried. But uh, the history of Kraft Cheese is the history of a very very resilient company. Mm. Um, they're they're the Disney of food. The Disney of food. They just buy everything. Oh. And they 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 just have a monopoly on the food industry. Food? You know, and they just like absorb other companies into their empire. Everything we eat is craft. Everything is craft. <laughs> um, Nineteen oh nine. James L. Kraft and his brothers founded a cheese company called J. L. Kraft and Bros. Uh, in Chicago. That's a dumb name. Chicago returning once again. Oh yeah, Chicago. Is the city. If we're going to invent something, we need to move to Chicago. Every, well, if no, we want to start a business, like every, we got to move to Chicago. As far as I'm concerned, every, based on this show alone, every product was either made in Chicago or in the Inland Empire. That's fair. We, so we create our LLC here or move to Chicago and do it. The business expanded over the next several years, becoming the Kraft Cheese Company in 1924. It got so big that in 1930, the National Dairy Products Corporation, looking to consolidate all dairy in the United States, acquired Kraft and its subsidiaries. Oh, so, wow. So National Dairy was like this, it was like, well, we want to own all dairy. <gasps> you know, we, 
We are. We want the monopoly on dairy. So they were buying cheese companies from around the country and they bought Kraft. Is it monopoly illegal? It was the 30s. Oh, fair. They weren't looking. <laughs> uh, but Kraft swallowed that company from the inside. Oh my gosh. And as, as by 1969, its primary product output was cheese products, in, including the Kraft single. Huh. So Kraft is like a parasite. <laughs> It like lived in in National Dairy for decades, and then slowly Kraft Single got so big that the Kraft name retook over the host. It was like a cowbird. That's insidious. Thus, National Dairy became the Kraft Co. Corporation in 1969, and simply Kraft in 1974. A number of mergers and buyouts have occurred since, but Kraft has remained a leaning grocery and snack brand into the new millennium. I mean, I do see a lot of Kraft. I do see a lot of craft. Name another like slice of cheese that you can buy. Private selection. <laughs> well, that's it's Ralph's. <laughs> uh, Kraft introduced the Kraft Crumbles in 2005 alongside a commercial that reappropriated alternative rock band EMF's 1990 hit, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, so uh, I was I was like actually googling this one like to see if I could find any history on the Crumbles, mm -hmm. and uh, there are reviews from the time from like websites complaining about this ad. <laughs> this ad was not popular, especially oh with like 80s, 90s kids who grew mm. up listening to EMF. So Slate, the website Slate said, quote, I mean, my God, Kraft ruined just one of my favorite anthems from high school, Unbelievable by EMF, making the word crumbelievable to advertise a new type of crumbling cheese. Does Kraft CEO know what EMF stands for? <laughs> Apparently not. And apparently you don't know what EMF stands for because they were in on it. <laughs> what is what does EMF stand for? The alternative lifestyle, bro. Living it, you know, sticking oh, it to the establishment. I thought EMF stood for something like. It, it, maybe that's what they meant. What early does... milk found. So <laughs> craft. <laughs> what does EMF stand for? Hold on, let me look that up. It is an initialism for Epsom Mad Funkers. Mine was cooler. A name taken from a fan club of the band New Order in 1989. Yeah, that's not as fun. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, mine was better. <laughs> Did you, uh, were you an EMF fan? No. <laughs> in fact, this was probably the first time I heard Unbelievable in this ad. Oh. So well. as far as I'm concerned, it was always Crumbelievable. <laughs> so what now when I hear unbelievable on the radio, I change it because it makes me think of cheese. Oh no. And crumbelievable, it sucks. Um, there are other like commercials that use songs where they do the same thing, and I just think of a commercial that used the song and I just change it because it it, <laughs> it just reminds me of like boring corporate nonsense. Mm-hmm. Just like, ah, oh, this is how to get the kids. They recognize this, and it's not too expensive. Yeah, so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, unbelievable has never been in my, uh, <laughs> you know, in my brain. It's always been crumbelievable. And oh that's a gosh. that's a shame, you know. I could have really loved unbelievable, but thanks, have, to, thanks to craft. Have you ever given this song a chance? Let's look up the lyrics. Not no, right now. No. Let's look up the lyrics and see what they really talk about. Anyway, uh, so I may never buy craft, mm. but craft um, does not care because they got so big that in 2012, they split their snack and grocery divisions into two separate companies. Oh, wow. So they they rule the snack and grocery markets, both of them together. They mitosist? They did. It's <laughs> like they, 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 they just split up like a cell. Yeah, so Kraft Foods Group, which has since merged with Heinz. Oh, wow. Owns the snack foods. And 
Mondelez International Inc. owns the groceries. I feel like I've seen Mondelez somewhere, like on packaging. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you, but yeah, Kraft owns the grocery store. Well, nice. <laughs> I think there's sliced cheese with Mondelez on it. One could say it's crumbelievable. Oh, dear. Let's move on. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one is another one that's just existed for so long, and I don't know why. It is the jingle for J.G. Wentworth. J.G. Wentworth. Do, 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 do. I have a structured settlement, and I need cash now. Call J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. I have an annuity, but I need cash now. Call J.G. Wentworth. 877-CASH-NOW! Round of applause. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. It's kind of a vibe. The musicality is wonderful. Did you hear the piano in that? This, this one the is... tubas? It's such an earworm, though. It, like... I will never forget J.G. Whitworth 877-CASH-NOW. Like, never. <laughs> this one was played... In my G4 days, you'd hear it like it's just over and over. And that's a full minute. That's a minute-long co- uh, commercial. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the other ones we listened to are about 30 seconds. That one's a full minute. And they just they got a full opera. They got people in costume. They probably spent the most money they've ever spent yeah. on that commercial. Which is and why they, it's still running. It still runs to this day. My dad was watching cable, and I was at his house, and this came on. <laughs> yeah, this, this is an ancient commercial now. 20 years this commercial's been running. But, I mean, if I dropped money on a full orchestra, had a song written with, like, instruments being played, you know, not, like, electronic stuff in the background, be be bopping around, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it for 35 years. I'm going to use it for 35 years. Here's the question. Do you know what J.G. Wentworth does? Based on that commercial, do you have any idea what- Car insurance. Not not really. (laughs) It's not. Car insurance. No, that's, that's car insurance vibes. No, they don't. And and like you listen to like some of the lyrics, uh, you know, there, there's like if you have structured settlements and you need cash. I'm like, what is that? What do you mean? It's when the, your car is broken and you need insurance. I, I feel like this the, the ad is for people who are in the know. Mm-hmm. They, they know what a structured settlement is like. It's, for cars. it's a very specific market. It's like, do you know what a structured settlement is? And do you need one or do you have one? I have well, a car. We, ha- we have what you need. Uh, yeah, so JG Wentworth, it's a financial company. Ah. Not unlike Greenlight Financial. Oh, Greenlight Financial. We talked about that. We did. <laughs> I was awake for it. Um, and they, they specialize in loans for people who, have, who are expecting money soon based on things like a settlement or... Uh, in, uh, like inheritance, inheritance or something? Yes, so if someone is expecting money in the near future, but they need cash now, J.G. Wentworth will give them a loan. So that they can get paid back once the set, once they get the... Hmm. Yes. So it's a very specific market. Wow. 
Anyway, J.G. Wentworth was founded in 1991 as a merchant bank specializing in transactions in the healthcare industry. But within a year, it was purchasing deferred payments for illiquid assets such as structured settlements and annuities and life insurance policies from claimants that were waiting for payouts like settlements and inheritances. I'm sorry. Are you waiting for someone payouts on a life insurance? Are you waiting for someone to die? Hey, they're going to kick it soon. And I'm pretty sure I'm on in their will. I guess so. It it seems a little suspect, Mm. but that's what they do. Um, in 2007, J.G. Wentworth launched its It's My Money and I Want It Now campaign, which, that... which proved successful. Do you remember that one? No, but like hearing that adding to like what it actually is, it feels dirty. Like it feels not good. It feels very entitlement. Like, no. Like, what if you don't get the money? What if it was signed away to someone else? No, it's my money. This is why people fight. This is why people fight over inheritance and stuff. This is why just before I know I'm going to die, I'm blowing all of my money. But like, yeah, <laughs> no, the, this the, that campaign I remember as well because that, that also aired on like G4, like, mm-hmm. and it was just like people shouting at the sky about how it's my money and they want it now. That I don't like it. I don't like it. It's my money and I want it now. Ooh, feels but, a little prodigal son to me. <laughs> but things got really big with the 2008 opera campaign cooked up by ad agency Carlin plus Pimsler. So yeah, it's like they were like, well, how do we sh- how do we sell, how do we market loans for people with you know deferred payments? <laughs> I know a Wagnerian opera works for me. <laughs> so, Absolutely, I was like, what? A-? They did it. They they hired opera singers to sing about their their eight seven six cash now. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at like on the YouTube video for this um, commercial. Someone in the comments was like. If you think about it, it's the perfect ad campaign. After you listen to it, you know what the name of the company is. You know what their phone number is. And you know what you get when you call them. You get cash now. <laughs> so, you know, what other... So, I guess, you know, it's like if, if I ever need cash now, I can call J.G. Wentworth at 877-CASH-NOW. Cash now. What are those actual digits? Who cares? <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of any reason why I would personally call J.G. Wentworth. But they just live in my brain forever. That's true. And it worked. It worked because this campaign was very successful. Apparently, according to chief marketing officer, Ken Murray, quote, early this year, I purchased the rights to use 877 cash now, but I needed a platform. So the team pitched a jingle in the form of a Wagnerian opera. Murray calls it the most successful campaign of his career. Quote, it's been successful on many fronts. First, It's driving significant volume of new inbound leads. Second, it is generating a ton of buzz. It's posted on YouTube. We've been featured on Fox Business, and the feedback is overwhelmingly positive. Wow. So, good job, J.G. Wentworth. You did it. 877-CASH-NOW. I use your your commercial to get better at vocals. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. Uh, The Wagnerian campaign commercial won two International Summit Awards. Oh, wow. For marketing. It won awards. Wow. This commercial won an award. Two of them. It's classy. It's, I like it. It's pretty classy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, they, it's, it's almost so old fashioned that it's kind of respectable, I suppose. Yeah. And though it has filed for bankruptcy twice since 2008, J.G. Wentworth is still chugging along to this day. So, chugging along to a specific song? Giving away specific services to specific people. Yeah. Oh, let's let's talk about another TV favorite. 
This I hate this one. Okay. The general. Call 1-800-GENERAL now. We're on the road with the general, talking to people about their auto insurance. Okay, how many think you're paying too much for insurance? How many are uninsured because you think you can't afford it? Then you need to go to thegeneral.com for a super fast quote. Rates and monthly payments are low, and the down payment's as low as $59. And you'll get instant proof of insurance. For the best car insurance rates online, go to the general and save some time. Why does the general always sound tinny? Why does he <laughs> because always Because he's sound... always being played out of a tube TV. <laughs> oh, he... That was, I, no, no, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but okay. it seems like the, the, you only see general commercials on daytime TV in, in old people's houses. Yeah, it's just like, part of it, like when he's singing, call general now, he like doesn't, he sounds full, it does, it sounds fine, <laughs> but like when he's just, how many people, blah, blah, blah. well, like, why are you talking through a tin can? <laughs> How many people think they're paying too much for insurance? Uh, where are you, sir? <laughs> are you in my Campbell soup? <laughs> so the general is a car insurance company and their mascot is an old man, uh, just a, an old style military general. He's got a big handlebar mustache. He wears, he's in green fatigues. He is the very image of a modern mama general. <laughs> a modern Mary general. <laughs> <laughs> man, so the, gen like... In the anime, he it's it's been th as far as I remember because this is the last one of that block where commercials that I saw while watching G four <laughs> like mm -hmm. that were the, this is the last one in that block, <laughs> and he's always been portrayed as a three D model like a three D character like mm -hmm. CGI, and it always looked cheap. Like I get it, like CG animation is expensive, especially yeah. back in whatever this was like two thousand seven mid two thousands. Mm -hmm. They went for it, like yeah. we want a three D character to sell. Animate. Our auto insurance and it's it, it looked horrible all the time <laughs> it looked like sonic's adventure one. <laughs> oh gosh that's a reference it's like sub toy story i think it looked yeah i mean it never bothered me because i was like it's a commercial and <laughs> this might just be me but like if your auto insurance company has a mascot it makes me not want to buy your auto insurance like it feels like suspect like it you seem unprofessional to you don't me. like Geico? Like, Geico is, like, on the threshold where it's, like, they have a mascot and it makes, I'm like, ah, I don't want to buy Geico insurance, right? But, like, any other, like, that's the threshold. That's right up on the line, right? Mm -hmm. I might consider it because they're so big. Any other company that has a mascot, I'm like, no. So, the, I would never want to buy the general insurance or e-surance with the, the anime lady. Mm-hmm. Or progressive with flow, you know. What? I like it's a spoke person. I like flow, but I don't want progressive insurance. It's a spoke person, not a. I mean, like I'm not fighting, right? But I'm like, who had the caveman? Was that Geico? That as was well? Geico as well. Mm. And the general's like theme song isn't even all that memorable or good. It's just that's fair. So, call the general, save it, some time. It's not really a good commercial. I it's can't even remember. I don't even know what he sings in the opening bars of that jingle. Me neither. Car insurance. Wow. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a great it's not a great jingle. It's not very memorable. It doesn't really stick. But the metal. I think there's something about how he says the end. Cold general, save some time. Yeah, that is the only thing that really is like, oh yeah. I feel like that 
the end, you know, call the general and save some time. And then it brings to mind the image of the general. It's now shorthand for cheap daytime advertising, right? In your head? Well, like I hear like people reference it on podcasts that I listen to where they mm-hmm. talk like they mention the general and it's always shorthand for like cheap uh, daytime commercial. I guess. But what's, what's the history of the general? Oh, yeah. Uh, Did he go to war? What war was he in? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, we uh, that the, the general is in need of like a comic book. You know? <laughs> like the character needs a comic Please book. Please don't put that out in the world. Oh, but permanent general agency began selling insurance in 1963, later changing its name to Permanent General Assurance Corporation. General assurance. I'm generally assured. I think that's that's the thing. It was like general meaning it is all encompassing mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, standard. Yeah. Uh, and then that word was used to spin off into its marketing mascot. Got it. According to their website, the general character was introduced in 1997 in a hand-drawn style. Huh. So it was a 2D cartoon back then. Though they claim that the character was redesigned in 3D in 2007, I have evidence that the 3D general debuted as early as 2001. Oh, wow. With his trademark jingle. Huh. So I'm convinced that it's older than that. But that's why I put it here, at, you know, in this latter period. Because yeah. Because they're saying it's 2007. Maybe I'm wrong, but part of me feels like, no, man, this existed in 2001. What's your evidence? Well, I I, I found like commercials dating back that far. Uh, like I, I'm pretty sure, you know, maybe they're mislabeled or something, but okay, 2001, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, that's that's when the 3D character debuted. Hmm. And it reminded me of when I, that's around the time I was watching a lot of G4. So hmm. in 2012, Permanent General and all affiliated companies unified under one single brand. Was it the General? It was. <laughs> The general character assumed his final form the following year when the company was acquired by American Family Insurance. Oh. So now, like, they have the the current general who is a bit more uh, fancy. Mm. He's got, you know, he's... He's he, got a little bit more money behind him. He's got a bit more detail. Those tax dollars are yeah. getting, giving him some better CG. Now he looks like the cheap, uh, like, overseas animation that you see on YouTube. Oh. You know, like uh, Coco Melon or something. He's no Coco Melon General Melon. now. I have no idea what Coco Melon is. It's like cheap overseas animation for mm. children. Okay. Also in 2012, the General and Ken Roberts Productions received three Telly Awards for television commercials in the animation category. Oh. So the General won awards for animation. So he's, the General. He's decorated. <laughs> and I just realized he beat out Geico. Like that gecko looks good. That gecko looks excellent. Yeah, I was like, that's good anime. How did how did Geico lose to the general in animation? America. We care about those those general ways. The Telly Awards, get your act together. <laughs> Drop it, give me 20. <laughs> oh. But I, I mean apparently the general is big now because they're get they're starting to get uh, guest stars. Like, you know, guest spots to Oh, like famous people. So it, it a very Justin Timberlake kind of style. You oh, want to wow. take a guess on what, uh, you know, uh, a minus celebrity I have here who sang with the general. See, now you labeled it. Anyone I say, I'm going to feel mean. I was first going to say Shaquille O'Neal because I feel like he's in a <laughs> lot of stuff. That would have been a good one. <laughs> now he's a little higher tier the, than even Shaq. Was, was it Justin again? No, no. Who is it? Snoop. Snoop oh. Dogg. That's low, dog. Look at that. Wow. Oh. That's low, bro. Uh, I've seen lower. Discover how low you can go. Now that's Snoop Dogg. With a quote from the General Insurance. And he's riding with the General. Yo, G, you drop the rates, I drop the beats. For a great low rate, you can get online. 
go to the general and save some time. Even for those with less than perfect credit. Think he's coming back, bro? I hate it. It sucks. <laughs> and in that commercial, Snoop Dogg is riding in the car, in a lowrider with the CG general character. Oof. He's like, yeah. Oof. Snoop Dogg will do anything for money these days. He said, you get things low. My brain was like, don't you mean hot? <laughs> <laughs> He's hot boxing with the general. The general supports legalization of marijuana. No, uh, okay. <laughs> Fair. Oh, but that's the general. And that is the last on my list of like daytime TV commercial jiggles. Oh, gosh. From now on. Uh, Nighttime. Sexy commercials. No. Whoa. I, I kind of want to close out this whole conversation with uh, my regional car dealership jingles. Okay. Because um, you had you had Toyota of Orange. I did. And, and you, gr- you grew up nice. closer to Orange County than I did. Mm-hmm. I have uh, some Inland Empire favorites. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to see if you remember any of these. Oof. I don't listen to the radio and I don't go Some here. of these were TV. I some of these were on television. I definitely didn't watch TV by the time I moved to, to the Inland Empire. I was in college. I couldn't afford that mess. All right. Let's see. I probably won't know these. I'm, this isn't going to be interesting. All right. So the first one is Toyota of San Bernardino. No, I have no idea. Toyota of San Bernardino's year-end clearance has arrived and the savings are like you've never seen before. Used cars starting at under $5,000. Buy a certified pre-owned Toyota with 2.9% on all Toyota certified vehicles up to 60 months. Whether you're looking to save MPG in a certified Prius or pull that heavy load with a rock-solid certified Tundra, you can get 2.9% up to 60 months. Located in the San Bernardino Auto Mall where the 10 and 215 freeways meet in San Bernardino. Toyota of San Bernardino. Toyota of San Bernardino, where the customer is number one. Oh, I've never heard that. So old in school. My life. So old school. Um, that one, oh, by the way, uh, Toyota San Bernardino, get your act together. That was really hard to find. <laughs> like I do hear that on the radio sometimes still, but like I could not find a clip of that anywhere. And like I had to go back to one of their like secondary YouTube channels and go just scroll back to their earliest videos to find that. Oh wow. So anyway, yep, Toyota San Bernardino, San Bernardino. <laughs> I've never. This is only the second time I've heard it it's in like my cotton. life. And that's the first time was when he played it a moment ago. It's like 1910 barbershop quartet style. Was that supposed to be a barbershop? It sounded like that, like a like a vocal, you know, vocal male vocal group. Hmm. Barbershop quartet style. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, Toyota San Bernardino it is a Toyota dealership in San Bernardino. Ah. Uh, I've never been there. I've driven past it. <laughs> um, will I go there? Probably not. Well, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in the look for a new car, a new old car. Maybe we'll go. To, I was like, I'm not against Toyota. <laughs> I'm not upset with them. It's like they're and their jingle is just so jolly. That's fair. Toyota well, of San Bernardino. I mean, if you're if you don't want to do that, we can drive to Vine Ice and no, go to Keys. No, 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 Keys. <laughs> no, no. Keys can't have your money. No, I want to set fire to Keys. No, <laughs> stop that. Oh, uh, remember how I mentioned it's hard to find history of. Uh, of car dealerships? Yeah. This was the hardest of all. Oh. Uh, San Bernardino, California's first Toyota dealership opened in 1966. Oh, okay. It was purchased by Cliff Cummings in 1991 and has since moved locations at least twice. Okay. That's all I got. Wow. <laughs> I have no information about the jingle, where it launched, what happened. It's just like, yo, Toyota of San Bernardino opened in 1966. It moved twice. Feels sus. <laughs> Feels like they're hiding something. Maybe they're laundering. <laughs> Maybe they're doing Russian laundry. I don't know, but you know, hey, I'm I, I, I can dig the Toyota San Bernardino 
jingle. It's, it was fine. I it's guess totally it, fine. it's not. It's not gonna stick in my head. That that I that I'm never gonna remember that again. That's fine. Uh, what about Ontario Auto Center? <laughs> oh, can I? Oh, wait. Before I play the clip, Ontario, California is a place that exists. It's where our it's where our airport is. Yes. It, it, we're not I, talking about Canada. We are not talking about Ontario, Canada. Um, you know, when I was a kid, Ontario was where the airport was, and it was where we go to watch the Fourth of July parade. There's a parade? Yeah, every year. They had the... Still? Just down the... Yeah, down the main street in Ontario, California. I've never seen a drive. Uh, I've never seen a parade in Yeah, July. we used to do it every year. My dad would drive us up there because my dad used to live in Ontario. Ooh, okay. But anyway, um, I had a funny story. So uh, All Elite Wrestling is touring this June and they're coming to Ontario, California to do a show. Uh-huh. And I tweeted about it and a uh, friend of the show, Andy Spiteri of ZeldaDungeon.net... <laughs> retweeted me and was like Canada baby because <laughs> he, he lives in Canada so he was excited because he thought All Elite Wrestling was coming to Canada and I said no bro that's Ontario California because he only saw Ontario CA uh, he assumed. and then yeah. he messaged me and was like who names their city Ontario <laughs> I was like I don't know man he must have been mad come on down come watch the show I, with I, us I invited him well, yeah, so Ontario- not us I'm not going I'm going to a Stray Kids concert Ontario California it exists it is uh, just I guess just west of Riverside and San Bernardino, uh, just south of Rancho Cucamonga. Wow, real specifics. Yep, it's where there's a big mall there. There is quite a big mall. And uh, yeah, so anyway, Ontario Auto Center. It is it is an I, auto center in Ontario. I do not know what this jingle is. This is an oldie but goodie. Red Tag Used Vehicle Sale is back! That's right, the giant Ontario Auto Center's Red Tag Sale is back! Our January event was so successful, we're doing it again on hundreds of top-quality pre-owned trade-ins. And look at all the red tags! That's right, red tags mean the lowest prices on the largest selection of certified used vehicles in the Inland Empire. Plus our exclusive money-back guarantee! The Red Tag Sale, going on again, 15 Freeway, Exit Harupa, between the 10 and 60 freeways. The Ontario Auto Center! Is that a mascot? Yes. So the the Barney voice that you kept hearing is the voice of their giant blue sign. So if you go on the, if you drive on the 15 freeway, you will see to your right going northbound um, on the, I think it's Harupa, on the Harupa exit. There is a giant sign for the Ontario Auto Center and it used to be like blue. Mm-hmm. It was just a blue sign. And, you know, they had the graphics and stuff like that. And it had Ontario Auto Center up there. They decided to personify the sign back in the day oh. to be their mascot. And the, the sign. So this used to air on like my local WB affiliate. Okay. You know, when I used to watch Kids WB in the afternoon, mm-hmm. this would play sometimes <laughs> on the channel. And basically they gave the sign arms and big, you know, googly eyes, you know, and he would sing about the Ontario Auto Center. The Ontario Auto Center, yeah. <laughs> you were incredibly cute. Have you never? I, I, so here's the funny thing. I remember the sign commercial because they actually like 3D animated like a little. A, it is like really cheap looking. It's like general. Cheaper than the general. It very. It's like general esque, <laughs> and it was like a cheap version of um, the freeway and where the you know the airport is. Oh <laughs> it's wow! Like just, it is like kind of a like it would fly down. <laughs> And you, you just like look up at the sign and the sign would sing to you. And, you know, Ontario Auto Center. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was horrible. No. Anyway, so I remember those commercials and I have never like looked at the Ontario Auto Center sign in real life and thought, hey, 
It's the Ontario Auto Center because I had to like go on Google Maps and was like, where is that sign? Because <laughs> I, I watched the commercial. And I was like, oh, that's right. The sign was a big deal. And and then Huge I look deal. I look up on um, Maps? Google Maps and I was like, oh, that's the sign. It's not even blue anymore. <laughs> it's like tan. So, yeah, that's the Ontario Auto Center. I, ha I have some history, I guess. The Ontario Auto Center in Ontario, California was founded in 1988 from six individual dealerships. Thanks in part to generous subsidies from the city of Ontario. Wait, so it was several and then they made themselves into a transformer? Yes, a Voltron. <laughs> and, a Voltron. Uh, I was like, I, I put in the, the, the subsidies part because there were like articles from the late 80s that you could still find archived online of like Ontario, like Ontario editorials, like raising alarm about the city, like subsidizing the, the coalition of, of car dealerships. Mm -hmm. Oh, like it seems suspect at the time, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, you know, like is our, is our, is our local Ontario government in the pocket of big, big used cars, <laughs> yeah, big car. <laughs> I mean, big automotive possibly like literally though, we need to not be a vehicle country. We need to be a, a public transport country. I don't know, man. But um, Ontario Auto Center is still there to this day and ah. is now home to 19 automotive brands. That's Ontario Auto Center. So I just remember that one. The, the commercial is wild. Like it, it is such a time capsule, <laughs> cheap animation, like a goofy character. Um, and it, it was this was back when like used car commercials were like fun. Like they would just interview like you know, random locals. So-called random. Or it, it Paid just, actors. It just seemed like they were just filming whoever's at the lot that day. It's like, yeah. hey, give us some, you know, act excited about Ontario Auto Center. Like, yeah, red tax sale. Woohoo. Cute. Anyway, uh, the, the last on my, uh, <laughs> the last on my car dealership list is a local one. We've been moving closer and closer to Riverside. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Moss Brothers. That's a car dealership? Yep. Huh. No, I have no idea. Hi, I'm Robert from Moss Brothers Chevrolet. I just wanted to invite you guys into the big giant sales event we have going on this weekend for the 4th of July. Come on in, you can get a spectacular savings on the uh, Chevy Traverse, the Chevy Silverados, Chevy Colorados, and the rest of the Chevy lineup. Remember at Moss, you're the boss. You're the boss. At Moss, you're the boss. That man did at not Moss. sound. <laughs> That man did not sound very comfortable in front yeah, of the camera. Yeah, I was like, hey, hey uh, what, was his, what was his name? Brian? Uh, I don't, don't know. Victor? I don't know. Hey, hey, get, uh, try another take, brother. <laughs> that was the best take. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, Moss Brothers apparently hired their local, like, great white cover band to, to record their, their theme song. Because <laughs> that sounds like, you know, or it just sounds like, it, like old. It sounds like old school, like, classic rock cover band. Mm -hmm. To do that, Moss, yo, the boss. <laughs> so here's a funny story. I used to hear the Moss Brothers theme song a lot on the radio, mm -hmm. right? At Moss, you're the boss. Uh, but I never under, like, again, you just kind of like half hear commercials on the radio sometimes. You don't know what they're right. selling. Just like he's Van, Van Nuys, right? <clears throat> it's like, I knew that they were selling something about keys on Van Nuys, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Same with Moss Brothers. I didn't know. I didn't know what they were selling. I didn't know it was a car dealership. They're selling confidence. In fact, you're the boss. I kept misremembering it as the theme song for Ross. The, 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 <laughs> Dress for less. The, the department store. Yeah. So when I, I used to say like, oh, at Ross, you're the boss. And you'd be like, what are you talking about? I was like, is that the theme song for Ross? No. Nope. It was for Moss. <laughs> so Moss Brothers is a local Riverside um, car dealership. 
And it has a, it has quite a history, in fact. Oh, the yeah. most history of any of the cars? Yes. <laughs> in 1921, J.A. or Red Ross, that was his name, mm-hmm. Red, a senior, opened a car dealership in Blythe, California. He moved the business to Riverside, California in 1938 and opened Moss Motors Dodge. Okay. Yeah, so he was the first Dodge dealership in Riverside. If you can dodge a Moss, you can dodge a car. Gosh. In 1965, Moss, his son J.A., or Aide Moss Jr. Okay. So you got Red and Aide. All right. And the owners of Riverside's six other successful auto dealerships helped open the United States' first auto mall, the Riverside Auto Center. Wow, Riverside really be. Inland Empire? We got some hustle, kids. Yep. So there's your facto for today. Uh, Riverside, California was home to the very first auto mall. That's United States' very first auto mall. Wild. Yep. And so you drive down on Indiana here in Riverside, you see the auto mall. Yeah. They have all the dealerships down there: Toyota, Camry, they do. Kia. I hate driving over Harley there. Davidson. Way too many cars and not enough streets. One of those dealerships used to host uh, a lot of academic events when I was in high school. Hmm. So I had to dress up and go get honored for things that I did in a car, in yeah. a car lot. Just at a car lot, yeah, car parking lot. All right. The Moss family has since grown the dealership to include. Moss Brothers Dodge, Moss Brothers Chrysler, Jeep Dodge, Moss Brothers Honda, Moss Brothers Toyota, Moss Brothers Chevrolet, and Moss Brothers Buick GMC, all stationed now at the Marino Valley Auto Mall uh, as of 2006. Dang. Yep. So drive down the... Let's go get our Toyota from there. No. I'm not (laughs) down with dealerships. You know that. But like... So it was just interesting. Moss Brothers is quite a historical thing. Yeah. And... uh, I used to confuse their jingle with <laughs> something else. <laughs> Ross. I tried to look it up. I was like, when did they start using the Moss, You're the Boss mm. theme song? And the only thing I could find was that they filed a trademark for You're the Boss in 2003. So maybe at Moss, You're the Boss pre-existed that. Yeah. Can you trademark that mess? Nintendo trademarked it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, man. Uh, I was like, it, the Moss Brothers theme song, is it good? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of silly because it sounds like, you know, a bunch of old rocker dudes. Having fun. Having fun. But, uh, you know, hats off to Moss. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I can, I can live with Moss. I, it, it's, again, fine. I might I might say Moss. I think that's more, like, memorable than whatever the San Bernardino one. I, it's already gone. Toyota San Bernardino. Oh, didn't we do another one between Toyota and the, uh, the San Bernardino? The Ontario Auto yeah. Center. Done. Gone. I forgot. <laughs> Well, remember the blue sign. All right, last block. We just got a few more. These are modern jingles. Okay. Like modern as in like from the modern era, like the 2010s, right? Ah. And they, they, when I was an adult, like I was I was out of high school, an adult, and I would hear these things uh, through, you know, just random places, you know. And so I wanted to kind of look at what the modern jingle looks like. Okay. You know, some of these predate the modern era, but, you know, they, they kind of had a renaissance in a way. The ones that did. So they started now or had a renaissance. Anyway, the first one is the Education Connection song. Do you know that one? No. I'm working for an hourly wage. I went to high school, didn't do great. Still, I gotta make more cash. More education is what I'm looking at. When I get a degree, I will make a bigger salary. So now I've got to see which college is right for me. 
the right college for free. Get education for free. The Education Connection. No. Wow. That's a, this one I hear brought up on podcasts to, to this day. You know? No. It's like everyone who was like, you know, in their 20s when this commercial started was like, this commercial was entire, exceptionally catchy and everyone wanted to date the girl on the video. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even meet her. Give me a picture. Let me see if I, I want to. I, I, I was just like, you know, just some, some actress they hired to sing about Education Connection, but it was like everyone had a crush on her. How? What year did it come out? This one was 2011. Oh, yeah. Or 2012. This was oh, 2012. I absolutely stopped watching TV. I hadn't been watching TV since 2009, probably. I don't even know where. I, I, guess, I guess I was watching TV in 2012, but not a lot of it. I was watching a lot more. Like, I was fully on the internet by this point. Yeah, I was fully internet. Netflix how did, was a How thing. did I watch this? That's literally why I was like, I have no idea what this is. Like, I have not watched something that requires commercials since 2009, maybe 2010. You know, maybe I got these dates from their website. Maybe they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me feels like this existed before that. But anyway, yeah, Education Connection, um, they let you connect with online colleges. Chat rooms? It's, it's a service. It's, it's like... It's sort of like Match.com, but with <laughs> colleges. Come here. Give us your money and your years. Education Connection was founded in 2006 by the Kaplan Corporation as an online resource to help college students get matched with relevant online schools and campuses, as well as provide resources to help students explore careers and such. That's smart. Yeah, it was like they, they do a good service. Yeah. But like just like with the general, like something about the marketing on TV it looks so cheap. <laughs> like you go and watch this video. Like it is incredibly cheap looking. Um, it makes you like not feel comfortable going with their service <laughs> you know i was like maybe you're just a snob sir per professionalism goes a long way for me to trust your product mm. you know what i mean uh, in 2010 education and connection was acquired by education dynamics a marketing services company designed to help colleges and universities find and attract students so basically education connection plays kids from both sides uh it's it's playing both sides yeah it's like, well, we'll help the students find the school. We'll help the school find the students. Ooh. Ooh. In 2011, Education Connection introduced a song-based ad campaign. The company claims that the 2011 ad was, quote, the most popular Education Connection commercial on its website. But you uh, agree? No, because my commercial debuted in 2012. <laughs> so there's another one. They say it's the most popular. I had never heard it before. <laughs> the, the one we just played was my Education Connection <laughs> theme song. My Education Connection. Education. For free. Would you say education? I was like, I went on the internet, typed in education connection. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, but Education Connection has continued to release new songs and commercials until 2019. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think maybe they stopped because COVID. Yeah, COVID made a lot of things stop. Yeah, well, I'm like, Education Connection, something about it was just very memorable for people. I'm thinking about going back to school. Going to use Education Connection? Yeah. I feel like there's better resources out there. <laughs> I wouldn't trust Education Connection. Well. Even though they had they put out a banger of a song. So that song <laughs> is catchy and fun. It's super silly. It is. It, it, it's, it's like two steps away from a Tim and Eric sketch, right? Where it's like almost like absurdly, like, you know, it's almost absurd. So it really hit the demographic it was looking for. I think so. Like, it's, it's almost absurd enough where it's like a parody of itself. Like, it's so earnest. So anyway, I give it a pass for that. They're like, we really want you to go to school. My school. No, my school. My nice. 
So the next one is um, a bit of a, I think it, 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 it has experienced a renaissance as of late. Mm. Uh, because this is an old song, but it has been reappropriated for a new marketing campaign. And that is the State Farm jingle. I feel like I know State Farm. Go meet. No. That's a different farm. Come on, this one's easy. They, uh... Just they, they, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You got it. I'm State Farm agent Jack Frank. I'd like to tell you about one of my car insurance policyholders, Paul Messer. He sounds so For 24 years, <laughs> we helped Paul keep his coverages up to date. Then one day, he had an accident. Then he really found out about the fast, fair claim service we promised him. Great claim service is one of the reasons Paul came to State Farm 24 years ago, and it's a big reason he's going to stay. Hi, Paul. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's not my so State that, Farm. So that was the retro one. I just wanted to play the retro one because it's like, hey, this is an old jingle. Huh. Uh, so State Farm. State Farm was founded in 1922 by retired farmer George J. Mesherl. Oh. Mesherl. <laughs> Uh, State Farm, legit farmers. Oh, okay. Uh, It has since grown to be the largest property and casualty insurance provider and the largest auto insurance provider in the United States. So would you get State Farm? They don't have a mascot. They kind of do. That's I will get to them. Uh, But State Farm, the State Farm jingle, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, was written by American singer-songwriter Barry Manilow in 1971. Wow. Thumbelina's own Barry Manilow. Wow. Go on, Barry. I was I was talking to my dad about this. Apparently, Barry Manilow had like a secondary career where he wrote TV show jingle or uh, like commercial jingles. Make that change, baby. Yeah. So stay f- that that jingle is from the seventies. Uh, like you hear that dry like insurance pitch. That was definitely Bueller. an old. That was an old. <laughs> he school. got in an accident, but it was okay. <laughs> so anyway, I remember the State Farm jingle because it has been like kind of rebirthed. As like a catchphrase, it's still a jingle, but I guess in like the, maybe the mid two thousands or late or, or twenty tens or whatever, mid two thousands twenty tens, it became a sun- summoning chant. Yeah, where people are like, you know, they ritual. get they get into some kind of you know issue with their car, so they have to car they have to call a State Farm insurance agent, and so they summon him using the jingle, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, <laughs> <laughs> an agent appears. <laughs> liked those commercials i thought the, those were like thinking about it i was like yeah no no there would be sometimes where i would just say it randomly because i was like i need help that's just the i need help <laughs> like, but it taught me what their jingle was because uh, i had never heard the song before so it was like kind of playing both sides it was calling to mind their old jingle that they've been using for decades mm-hmm. right and so oh, i remember that so it like the people have to remember, they have to know the jingle to summon their agent yeah <laughs> whereas like it's teaching you know younger people like what they're just what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like oh no, it's like on a meta level. I can yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and these days, the uh, the state State Farm does have a mascot or a spokesman. I think it's Jake from State Farm. Uh, I I think Jake is has been retired. I don't. I see him on freaking AEW all the time. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the official insurance company of okay. All Elite Wrestling. Yeah, no, he he's there. People give him nice things because they think he's personally responsible. Okay. Uh, for their good fortune. I've been seeing like. Where am I seeing these commercials? I have no idea. They're, they're on streaming. Like you, you see oh, them, like on right. tu- like on Tubi, Tubi and stuff. Yeah. Like it hasn't just been Jake. It's been like a couple. There's three that they'll be like, oh, and here's a little extra blah blah blah. It's like you know, I'm not giving you special services, right? I'm giving you the same thing everyone. Uh huh. Sure. Have yeah, but it's always it's cookies. always Jake though. They're there's always a black dude. Yeah, that's Jake. Is he? I think I think that's his there's name. also a woman. 
Well, no. So like, it's always different people thinking that. But their that, name is always Jake. No, 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 no. Everyone's interacting with Jake from State Farm, mm -hmm. and they all think that State Farm is like personally helping them because they like them in particular. But you know, Jake is there to tell them like, no. State Farm's always giving everyone no, great rates. You're not special. Yeah, so you know it's <laughs> I'm like I'm just doing my job. I remember like a pizza delivery lady is like giving him a bunch of free pizza. She's mm -hmm. like, "You're the man, man." Yeah. Or uh, just stuff. Yeah, like the the there's like a lady at a butcher shop like giving him a bunch of free cuts of meat. Why don't you like spokespeople? No, he's fine. Jake from State Farm. He's my fr <laughs> he's my friend. <laughs> anyway, and, and so they don't say the like a good neighbor part like verbatim like they used to but mm -hmm. just like with i'm loving it it is now since formed to they play the jingle in a melody like a instrumental melody at the mm -hmm. end of all the commercials like yeah do 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 yeah you know? or do 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 so they like something in like the mid 2010s where like minimalism got really embraced in marketing you mm -hmm. know so like they've they've cut down the state farm jingle to like five notes that are you know it's like five notes from the original jingle it's like do 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 Something like that. So it's kind of interesting to see how these jingles have gone from like <laughs> Barry Manilow ballads in the 70s to basically five notes that they play at the end of their commercial. The evolution of time, man. It's always moving. <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. And speaking of farmers, the next jingle is for farmers. Farmers insurance. You know what the jingle is? That we just state farm is insurance. There's more insurance. There's another farmers. There's a different there's state farm. I feel like farmers. I knew that, but I never really knew that. When it comes to home insurance, surprises can be a little scary. And a little costly. That's why the best agents present their clients with a lot of options. Because when it comes to what's covered and what's not, nobody likes surprises. <laughs> we totally thought you Obscure space junk falling from the sky? We covered that. Moving on. We are insurance. We are farmers. Bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. I definitely knew that. Also, who's the actor? That is Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons. That's what I thought. I thought it was Mr. Simmons. Who I was like two feet from once. We went to a <laughs> mall in Westwood and he was just walking through the mall. As and, people do. And we, we just like walked past him and he's he's much shorter in person than I than I you know thought he would be. What if he's not? What if was he short or tall? I think he was actually tall. I can't remember. Anyway. I also can't remember. It was like, it's one of those memories that's like, I remember him being either very tall or very short. I can't remember which. <laughs> he might have been taller than I expected, but whatever. Yeah, that was J.K. Simmons. So yeah, uh, Farmers, that is another dum, one dum, that dum, I dum, see. Dum. I, I only see it in, in ads on YouTube now. I don't pay for it. I pay for ad, adless YouTube. <laughs> so here, so interesting. Like they were, they have capitalized on... Like that, the, the marketer, I'll explain in a second, but these marketers, like they know how to make a jingle work in the streaming age, mm. you know, because a lot of these jingles that we've played have been played at the end of the, the commercial, right? right? You know, it's, it's always the sting at the end, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the problem with YouTube ads. Most people only see the, the first five seconds. Yep. If you see them at all, right? True. Because you could just hit the little skip ad button after five seconds. Farmers realize that, so they put the "We are farmers" doop, 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 at the start of the ad. Yeah, not in that ad we just watched. That was from TV, but they made it a point to show the jingle at the start of the commercial, so that people always have it in their heads. You got to yeah. remember, farmers <laughs> need insurance. Farmers, 
It's not a good ad. It's not a good jingle. No. It's not. It, to me, it's a little lazy. Mm. It reminds me of the Liberty Mutual jingle, which I also hate. I don't have that one, but the Liberty, Liberty. It was like, it is the most lazy jingle you could think of. Just <laughs> say the name of your, your, your company. Get it in your head. With a very basic, you know. Uh, melody. Melody. You know, it's it's like I could have made up the Liberty Mutual one like off the top of my head. Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> you know, at least these other jingles, like there was some effort put into, you mm. know, like even Crumbelievable was better than Liberty. So if we put this, Crumbelievable would be S tier? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like D tier, whereas Liberty is F tier, you know, and Farmers is probably D tier as well. You know, it's not great, uh, but I do want to respect them for playing the game. You know, they're they're, they're capitalizing on the Internet age. So for that, I respect them. You just lost the game. Sorry. But Farmers Automobile Inner Insurance Exchange was founded in 1928 by John C. Tyler and Thomas E. Levy, men from rural backgrounds looking to cater to farmers, ranchers, and other rural drivers during the Great Depression. Oh, okay. And they've been hawking insurance ever since. If it works, it works. It's so funny that you have State Farm and Farmers both were like, well, we want to sell insurance to farmers. And they did that. And they were like uh, born about the same time, in the twenties, thirties area. Yeah, it ma- it makes sense. It's like it was a very like you know, uh, people needed to be insured. It, 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 it was an economic um, insecure time, mm-hmm. and you know, hey, they they were there were a lot of progressive thinkers out there. You know, so it's like back back in the day, some these before these auto insurance companies became giant soulless machines. <laughs> uh, they, they were looking out for the little guy. Yeah, so that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> and uh, in 2010, farmers and ad agency RPA launched the Farmers University campaign, which featured a future Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons and that catchy new jingle. Nice. So it is a new jingle. Huh. Even it, that's probably why it's kind of lazy. What was that year? 2010. So he's even, he's been the spokesperson person for like ten years. Yeah. Wow. I think he's yeah. I, I think I still see him. I definitely still see him. Sort of like a Samuel L. Jackson is the he's he's the spokesman for one of them companies, right? Maybe it's a credit card. Capital One. That's it. Sure. I like J.K. <laughs> Simmons. He's a cool guy. Sure. Is he? He's a good actor. Is he considered a mascot? <laughs> he's a spokesman. Oh, gosh. All right, last one. This is my last one on the list. Oh, we've made it to the end. We made it to the end. Yay. And then we can talk about maybe the best ones ever. <laughs> uh, the last one is for, speaking of the worst ones ever, I think this was my least favorite. My My least favorite commercial jingle of all time o'reilly's auto parts oh oh o'reilly why do you not like that here's why because i used to work at a certain parcel company for several years and mm-hmm. folks would you know they're, they're they're working hard they're they're doing their thing they're sorting packages they're unloading whatever they're doing uh, they would put on their Spotify's with their, with their big speakers, <laughs> and O'Reilly's Auto Parts plays three or four times a Spotify commercial. Ooh. So it's like you hear "Oh oh oh O'Reilly Auto Parts" like s- just thirty times a day, <laughs> thirty times a day. I hate it. I will never shop at O'Reilly's ever. AutoZone all the way. I'm never going to <laughs> O'Reilly's Auto Parts. There is an auto. There is an O'Reilly's Auto Parts closer to us than there is an AutoZone. <laughs> I will go out of my way to go to the auto zone because I hate this jingle so much. I think it's a nice jingle. 
Shut up. Shut up. It's it's got humble beginnings. It's very earnest. You know, in in a lot of, in a lot of ways it's like the Toyota of San Bernardino one, you know, mm-hmm. in in a, in a different universe. I probably would have thought it was okay. For the reason I just listed. I hate it <laughs> and I will always hate it. Well, O'Reilly, you did a good job. Mr. O'Reilly needs to send me a a personalized <laughs> apology note and some cash to get me to come back. <laughs> No cash, maybe just a Kit Kat. <laughs> so yeah, I hate it. Oh, it, it's man. so irritating. It's because I heard it so often. That's fair. I can give you that. Like repetition is really annoying when like you hear it over and over again. But it's solid. It's a solid jingle. It's a solid jingle. It's better than farmers do 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 do. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. Like on a on a pure. Like objective level, I, mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. But I hate it. That's fine. And it's one. It, this is like the the newest jingle to like invade my life. <laughs> and it, it, it was like an unwanted invasion. It was like <laughs> I was like I would I would be sitting in my office like you know just silently like you know putting together like some kind of report, and I would just hear you know through the muffled walls like these old cheap walls <laughs> at this building built in the seventies. You know. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. <laughs> Are you saying it's the craft cheese of uh, jingles? It, it, I hate it more than Crumbelievable, even though Crumbelievable is probably objectively worse. <laughs> yeah, Otto Riley's, Otto Riley's. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, oh, parts. All right, well, want to hear the history of O'Reilly Auto Parts at least? I feel like you're just trying to rush through this because you don't want to talk about it anymore. O'Reilly Auto Parts has its roots in a Springfield, Missouri auto parts store called Link Motor Supply. Yet! <laughs> oh, gosh. Hiya! <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, Charles Francis O'Reilly became manager of that store in 1924, and he helped to become the prominent auto parts store in that area. Mm. In 1957, rather than take part in a reorganization of the business, Charles and his son, Chubb, <laughs> decided to start their own business, O'Reilly Automotive, Inc. So it's like, yo, I respect that. Yeah. Papa O'Reilly, I, I, I agree with his decision pop, there. Pop, 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 O'Reilly. Chubb, 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 O'Reilly. <laughs> Auto parts. <laughs> I want to see some fan art of Chubb O'Reilly. <laughs> nope, I don't. Thank you. <laughs> The most son chub. <laughs> nope. Keep it to yourself, oh kids. Oh, my gosh. Uh, by 1975, O'Reilly's sales rose sevenfold, and he had expanded to nine stores. O'Reilly Auto Parts went public in 1993 and has since gone through the typical mergers and acquisitions of a billion-dollar company. The O'Reilly Jingle was written by Springfield, Missouri-based musician Nick Sibley. Sibley is a member of the country rock band Ozark Mountain Daredevils okay. and, fe- and fellow members... Steve Cash and John Dillon performed the original O'Reilly vocals. So that they were they were going for like an Ozarks like country, you know, Western feel. They did well. They did well. Anyway, they reportedly charged the company one dollar for their services. Oh, that's quite the tax right. So it's like that story, it it, it warms my heart. Yeah. The whole thing. Charles Chubb, the Ozark Mountain Daredevils, it warms my heart. Unfortunately, UPS has made me hate your jingle forever. <laughs> so, yep, I, I won't shop at your store. It's not going to happen. It's okay. You're a billion dollar company. You don't need our crum- you don't need our crumbles. I'm just saying that's the double edged sword of a good jingle, right? <laughs> it's like you play it just enough, 
you've got you you may you may get some people to come in and try your product. Mm. Play it too much, they will hate you forever. That's true. As we've seen with Keys on Van Eyes. <laughs> For you, because you're so particular. I'm like, I don't care. I'm just not gonna listen to it. But that is all of my jingles. We're done. Huzzah! Woo! That was a lot longer than we thought it was gonna be. That but, hey, was a lot longer it's than it's our we April first extravaganza. Why the heck not? Yeah. Um, yeah, so do you have a favorite? You, you have Pull-ups, 100%. <laughs> or Band-Aid brand. We didn't talk about it, though. So Huggies. Huggies, absolutely. I'm a big kid now. I'm a big kid now. Meow. My favorite's Folgers. Yeah, it would be. The be- it's the best part of waking up? Yeah. Even though we had uh, Maxwell House today. We didn't have Maxwell House today. No, well, we had local coffee. We had Aosa coffee today. <laughs> uh, what's your least favorite? I mean, meaning it's annoying or it's forgettable because it'd be any of those... River, those Inland Empire ones, if it was Well, you just heard those ones today, though. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's yours? Oh, okay, well, you've just said them. Okay, so it's like O'Reilly's I hate for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick a least favorite, like, of the ones we talked about, because, like, Liberty sucks. Mm-hmm. Liberty's, like, lazy and stupid. But it's crumbelievable. <laughs> Is it yeah. crumbelievable? Yeah, it's, it's so cringy. I hate it. it. Like, it does everything a corporate, like, jingle shouldn't do. It like appropriates a popular song in the most cringy, soulless way possible. Um, it's it's really lame, you know. It's yeah. em- it's embarrassing. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it was fine. Maybe maybe the skip it one. Really, that, I thought that one was fine. Was I mean, it, it was long. <laughs> it's, it's a very. I was like that that one that one like makes me think of like old toy commercials. So yeah, it, like, bring, you know that one warms my heart a little bit. Oh, that's nice. O'Reilly warms my heart. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, I guess that's all we got to say on that's it. Commercial do we have any? Jingles. Do we have any runners up? <laughs> runners up. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> all right, we all lost. And big miss, big business. They won. They won. Kids, <laughs> if you stayed for this whole thing, um, I definitely want to know what commercials you think. Like what jingles you thought we missed? Yeah, so sh- you can share your jingle memories with us on Twitter and on Instagram at Media Mate Show on both platforms at Media Mate Show. Uh, maybe we'll share some of these commercials. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you heard them already. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to see like what the Ontario Auto Center sign looks like. Maybe I will share some of these. Share the Education Connect so people can have the hots for that girl again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a crush on the Education Connection girl. <laughs> Just like everyone has a crush on uh, Flo, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's got a crush on um, the insurance anime girl. Everyone's got a crush on the T-Mobile girl. I don't know who the T-Mobile well, she's girl She's an actress is. now. She was in uh, Werewolves Within recently. What is Werewolves Within? So it's a movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, plugs, plugs, plugs. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Media... Uh, <laughs> at Media Made. <laughs> Different Twitter. You can follow me personally at Rod the Master on YouTube. Uh, I will... On YouTube? <laughs> Gosh, they have <laughs> my mind. <laughs> you can follow me personally on Twitter at Rod the Master. Um, I... You know, usually just share pictures of, of video game stuff, mm-hmm. you know, retweets. Um, I host a wrestling YouTube show called Keep Kayfabe. It's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. And I write for a video game website called ZeldaDungeon.net. Uh, will you have anything to plug? Um, No. I Because this is April and I definitely won't have anything up. I don't have editing software on my computer yet. <laughs> right on. Well, that's that. Thank you for listening. Do us some favors. You can follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us five-star reviews. Leave us a comment. We ask you all the time. You still don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, hey, tell us you're listening. Vote yeah. in our polls. All that good stuff. Yeah. Do you have a song to close? Yes, I do. Dang it. 
Why? What, what did you have in mind? Nothing. Because uh, I was going to close out with a cover of the Like a Good Neighbor State Farm song by the band Weezer. Oh, my gosh. So Weezer, everyone's favorite sellout, uh, <laughs> went ahead and covered the Like a Good Neighbor song by Barry Manilow. And uh, we're going we're gonna to close out with that. All right. It was like either that or, you know, I could have closed out with a bunch of other songs. You know, the Mentos Freshmaker song, which we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about that. That's true. Uh, there's a lot, but yep, that's what we're going to close out with. So we will see you all next time with our QQ Awards next week. Yeah. And remember, kids, if you got money, spend it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's it. 